What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Oh, fuck. Five, four, three, two. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Cinema, a movie podcast where our motto is, we just hope it doesn't suck. This is episode 321, broken up into two bars, A and B. 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 Thank you, gentlemen. 321A, posting on 314, will be discussion on Creed 3 from star and director Michael B. Jordan. And 321B, posting on 317, will be discussion on the Oscars. How did you, how do, how are predictions and your predictions line up with the actual awards? I am one of your hosts, Grayson Mittens Maxwell. Joining me as he does every week is my co-host, Roger Candlewick Stillian, and our lovely permanent guest, Chris, the anime algorithm Vaughn. All right. Yeah, I mean, any anime related, I'll take. Thank you. Appreciate it. I chose your I chose your boxing names for you guys. Oh, all right. Gosh, That's kind of a cool one. The, terrible. The, the anime algorithm. I actually think Chris is okay with that one. Maybe, Roger, you might not like Candlewick. Chris Hentai but... Enthusiast Bond. <laughs> <laughs> Got out of my search history. I had to explain somebody at work recently no. what Hentai was. And no. I was like, look. I'm just going to have you put it into Google and did let you, you figure you, it out. Did you just send them a picture of a squid no, no, and then a woman? No, I just watched them go to Google. Their eyes get wide, and then I started <laughs> cackling. <laughs> because, one, I'm an awful, awful person. Yeah. But was, hey, that, was, was that on a work computer? <laughs> no. I wish. <laughs> Christ, I wish. Mm, so, Roger, I take it you do not like your boxing name, Candlewick? No, it's I mean, awful. it fits. I like it. It's good. I, th- I think it actually kind of weird, weirdly does fit. <laughs> or like yeah, Flame Maker. Yeah, the Candle Wick. It's like, you know, like Fire Lord. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Never, never mind. Just <laughs> Listen, my like name it. sucked and I hated it. I do appreciate yours, though, Grace, because it is very accurate. Mittens? <laughs> yeah, I Mittens. I figured. <laughs> I was thinking, just as a quick aside, how long do you think you'd last in the ring with... With someone as big as any, you know, Michael B. Jordan, Ivan Drago, or uh, Jonathan Major's character. How long do you think you'd last in the ring? So if, if, I if would make only... it the entire 10 count. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm something of a boxing enthusiast, and uh, I believe I'd last all of four punches, and then that's it. You think I, four? I think, oh. I, I, I think one, and then... As I'm falling to the mat, I'll take three more hits. Oh, okay. Because they're As just I'm so fast. <laughs> so yeah, I, I would part. We'll I talk about we'll talk about Creed about where Donnie hits that dude on the beach, oh. and then he just gets in the fire. There was now I looked at my wife during the movie, and I was like, "You think that guy's still unconscious?" <laughs> 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 yep. <laughs> he might be dead. <laughs> now that you say that, it reminds me from that scene in Dodgeball. Where, where where they have introductions in the bar, and he's like, blade, laser, blazer. And then the bla- blazer throws a ball at some random dude, and then he just falls by the jukebox, and then like, the scene ends, and the guy's still, still walking in there. I think that guy's dead. Like, beer still leaking on his corpse. <laughs> he's just laying there. Yeah. yeah, that's funny. It's like Donnie just fucking killed that guy. Jesus. <laughs> Is anyone going to talk about him being a, a, a murderer now? Is anyone going to talk about yeah. that at all? They have it on oh, the beach. Man. It's cool. Yeah, as long as it's on There's a, no law on the beach. If it's on the sand, it's fine. That's the official that's the official law. If it's on the sand, it's fine. No yeah, law no, broken down. Yeah. Mm. Gentlemen, how are we? What what are we getting into this week? So the time changed today. God. Yeah, it did. I mean, while it's still daylight out now, this morning sucks. It's darkness Tomorrow morning will suck. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So so this is so this is interesting, right? I my company 
in uh, because of daylight savings, it's we were on like a two-hour delay schedule instead because people are dumb which is super weird as an adult man in a working environment but nice. you got like half a snow day bro yeah like, like or the company's like hey uh you know we're not starting to two hours later than than normal so you know enjoy enjoy your morning daylight savings time sucks I like, do, all right i nice. got good buddies this. that live in arizona mm-hmm. and they don't do yeah, daylight. No, nope. they don't go forward they don't go backwards he's nope. like this is our time to shine baby he's <laughs> <laughs> like monday high, morning will be the most productive group in america <laughs> high productivity <laughs> that's true i lived in arizona for a little while and yeah they don't do the whole daylight savings thing no nope, never forward never backward they nope. just say like hey we don't do that here nope <laughs> This is stupid. Why do you guys do this? We're not doing this. Oh, well, maybe next time we won't have some more. Yeah. I don't well, know. I mean, it, it, it's fine. I mean, it's I don't understand why. There there are apparently several states that don't observe daylight savings. There's time. been it's a few that have also written it out of what they do. So, I mean, more and more states don't want to do it. But, like, for an area like ours, and specifically like our like our part of Ohio, like in every direction around us, there are there is farmland that you know is heavily influenced by why we have daylight savings time to begin with. So it, it it is a some it is a relic of the past, but it's something that some areas felt was necessary to have the working days they needed to you know provide crops and things like yep. that. And the other part of that is too here, if we were to abolish daylight savings time mm-hmm. where we live, there would be days at the peak side of the calendar Mm -hmm. where our sun wouldn't be rising until like 9 40 a.m that's a for real number so (laughs) yeah about that (laughs) it's dark till 10 a.m jesus christ (laughs) how depressing it's fucking vampires fine (laughs) but that's how it is though in some parts of the world you know it's just that's that's how how it is the sun's always up before nine o'clock here bro (laughs) I, i again because of daylight savings time though so, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's his point. I mean, I don't understand how some states, and I've never understood how some states can just observe it and some not. Like, we're all part of the same federal government. Like, damn, Wrong. guys. That's not true at all. What do you mean it's not true at all? We're all <laughs> the United States of America. Yes. This how is that not United. true? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Not for the last. Actually, since, since I was not even alive, I don't think it's felt united. But Most of my fair. adult life, there's a giant rift. <laughs> Daylight savings time to be part of that. I don't care. But I, I woke up, I didn't set an alarm, and I woke up at like 9-something this morning. I was like, whoa, did I really see? I didn't even think about it until I was until I was like out doing something, and I heard someone say, oh, daylight savings time sucks this morning, bro. I'm like, oh, that's why I woke up at 9. I didn't wake up at earlier than that. That's well, why. Well, and then I had to play the stupid game around my house of finding all the clocks that need change. Yeah, you know, that like, don't change. Like or, the, yeah. the microwave, the oven. You know how to fucking change the time on your oven? That shit <laughs> sucks, bro. <laughs> There's oh. like nine buttons you have to hit, and if you miss it, you're just like, fuck, I got to go all the way around. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. It's not terrible so bad effort. that we have like our, our devices, most people use their phones as their alarm clock, do it automatically, so it's not quite so bad. But when I was a teenager, I, I remember miss, a few years, I, I, I missed an hour of work. I came an hour late because of the daylight savings time and the manager never fired anyone but he gave you no this look at you be like hey stupid you have to be (laughs) on top of this um i did have the thing with my smart tv my big giant cinema tv today um had a problem with the time change Mm -hmm. like it didn't update itself properly or whatever so i had to reboot my whole system i'm just like great (laughs) (laughs) this is good perfect I paid a lot of money for this piece of shit. <laughs> All right, back to the movie talk. Yeah, yeah. Smart TV, not so smart. Hey, oh. 
Um, so what, what else is going on, guys? Hey, Anything? Hey. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> so yesterday, I walked on the Beltline here in Atlanta. It, it it's like this huge thing that like wraps around most of the city. I walked for like several miles. Like we're talking like more than I think more than six, like less than eight. But like it was something that like, I'm not used to doing. Do you have nice weather down there. We did. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's today is like it's cold and rainy. But yesterday it was kind of like dipping back in the cold, but not quite so bad. But our our seventy and sunny is gone for a while. I've, I've it snowed here this morning. So for the yeah. first yeah, that's time, what, in that's, weeks, what I'm told. by the way. But yesterday, but I woke up this morning and I just like no wonder I slept so long. My legs they feel like jelly. But I gotta do that more often because damn. I mean, I'm just get shit. out walking a long time where you don't feel it. Like the next day or later that evening, you're like shit. That was lame. That's why cars are awesome. I don't mind walking. It's good exercise, but you know, yeah, I enjoy. There's lots of uh, breweries out about off the Beltline. There's thousands and thousands of people. Definitely not being COVID compliant. I don't even think people care about COVID anymore. Is, is that, is that still even a thing? thing? You know what? I didn't think that was still outside. Thing. I was like, told that it was yeah. not real to start with. So true. true. <laughs> We're not that kind of podcast, but sure, sure. There, you know, people didn't think. Remember what I said about the country being divided? <laughs> circle back to that one more time. <laughs> All right, guys. That's um. You know, I did watch. I did while I was eating this weekend. Catch the the opening, like twenty minutes of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull with uh, Indiana Jones. Oh, Indiana Jones, where he gets in the refrigerator. Yeah, like first of all, you're dead. If you go through that, I don't. That refrigerator bouncing around there after being launched six thousand feet and you land, you're just you're mush. You're dead. Number two, and number one in that that huge opening scene where all the soldiers are firing at him, he's like jumping from the rafters of the rooftop and like, come on, how just did anyone accept that when that movie came out as like high cinema or uh, whenever I watch, it, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Or does that fall into the Spielberg camp of it's kind of charming in a way, but. That's what Spielberg does. Does that just fall into that category? Probably somewhere in the middle, honestly. Yeah, a little but, bit of both. But I mean, Crystal Skull is an okay movie, but it's, it's yeah. that's all it'll ever be. It's nowhere so, near the caliber of the other three. No, the original trilogy is great. Last Crusade is an incredible movie, and then Crystal Skull was a movie that probably got made for the money. Let's be honest, and which really makes me wonder about how this next one's going to be. But I don't know. I just don't know. Remember, folks, three hundred million plus is the budget for the Dial of Destiny. Three hundred million plus, perfect. That's and then that's the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy. Fucking Avengers showed up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. All right, gentlemen. Well, it's been it's been a really weird week uh, weather wise here, fluctuating. I am in allergy hell, as I'm sure most people probably are at this point. But it's it's not been. I thought you know for some reason I thought I had outgrown it. Because usually by the no, usually it gets by worse as you get older, man. Well, usually by mid February, I'm like completely and utterly like my eyes are watering, my nose is nonstop running. Like I haven't been until this week. I'm like maybe I've outgrown it. I don't know. Nope, it's just delayed, I guess. But it is what it is. Now I'm gonna go through like another month and a half of just surprise running, running, running. I gotta, you know, it's terrible, but I've always lived with it. So are we ready to do a show, guys? Talk talk about oh, yeah. a, a a small movie you you may have heard of. All right, this is what episode movie's that. Yeah, which one? Cocaine Bear. Fucking Again. right, bro. Fucking right, bro. <laughs> America. All right, this is episode 321 of For the Love of Cinema, a podcast about movies, film, and cinema. It was posted each and every Tuesday and Friday at 5 a.m. on Podbean, which then distributes to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Each and every week, we start with the box office current and upcoming releases, what's streaming, and trailers and movies of the week. Let's start, without further ado, with the box office. No surprise here. Scream 6. 
took number one domestically, 44.5, with uh, a worldwide of 67.1. That's a really great opening for us for a horror movie. Yeah, R-rated too. Yep. Yeah, good for Scream. Good for Scream. Agreed. Number number two, Creed three, uh, following up its another week with twenty seven point two domestic, bringing its total to one hundred and seventy nine million. That is not all bad right. at all. Yeah, that's really good. But we'll get into that. That's you know, I think in my personal opinion, a well earned one hundred seventy nine. But we'll get into that later. Yeah. Sixty five, number three, very disappointing. Twelve point three million with a worldwide of twenty point eight. Sorry, Adam Driver, opening at number three. Ugh. Number four, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Jonathan Majors has two movies right now in the top five. Good for him. Yes. He's, I mean, they're not good. his movies. No, they're not. Well, I mean, I don't know. Ant-Man definitely was his movie, and Creed Three isn't too far from being Jonathan Majors dominated. It's something we'll talk about mm-hmm. later. But Ant-Man and the Wasp bringing in a very disappointing uh, seven million for more for like, what's this, like the fourth or fifth week for Ant- Ant-Man? Something like that. Yeah. A very disappointing seven million. Uh for a worldwide of four hundred and forty seven. Chris, we, we may have been right about it not getting past a major milestone. Although we said mm-hmm. four hundred, we may be we just maybe we're off a hundred million dollars, maybe it's five hundred, and that sounds like you know, yeah. for any any movie that'd be we great to get to four hundred and forty seven, but for Marvel that's that's not doing too well. Yeah. And number five, cocaine bear, six point two million domestic, but it's making its worldwide at sixty five point six. So good for that's cocaine spirit. bear. It's doubled yeah. his budget. Yep. So it's, yes, it, it should has. be in the clear after everything. Yes, it is. Not much change up there. Although I am surprised that Scream 6 beat out Creed 3, given the given the ratings of uh, rated R and PG-13. But I'm, I'm still very happy with the numbers sitting at what they are. Let's take a look at upcoming releases. Now, here's some, here's some interesting things. This is going to be... A lot of people keep saying 2023 is the year for movies. Maybe. But let's get into it. This past weekend, 65, Champions, Scream 6. March 17th. Did you on. say Champions in your... I did. Friday the 10th. That's what, this, what, this, this past... Oh, no. no, no what did the, it open at? In, 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 in the top five. It didn't. I'll tell you where, though, okay. it is. Champions is sitting at... Not even in the top 12. No, I lied. No, no, no number seven. It's number seven. 5.97 million. Not great. <sighs> Yikes. Yeah, that's not great. But that opened this past weekend and okay. to a very lackluster uh, weekend opening. I mean, it opened this past weekend. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it did. people were allowed to go see it this weekend, that's for sure. <laughs> it was in your theater probably. <laughs> <laughs> Better check it out soon, though. <laughs> March 17th, Moving On and Shazam! Fury of the Gods. March 24th, John Wick Chapter 4, quickly approaching. March 31st, Dungeons & Dragons! Honor Among Thieves. April 5th. Air, courting a legend, on a wing and a prayer, which is going straight to Prime Video, and the Super Mario Brothers movie, a small little movie that Grayson has bet against. We'll see how that pays off for did him. Did you see the new trailer for it? No, I did. So yeah. there's a new one. The it's the final. Yeah, it's yeah. only it's only ninety seconds, but at some point, Mar- Donkey Kong has a fire flower. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I can't wait for this movie. It's going to be so fucking awesome. God dang it. I think the Mario Kart is going to really push it over. If it's done right, Mario, you really have to do Mario Kart right. But we'll see when that I mean, comes the out. part of that looks really good, too, mm-hmm. where yeah. he jumps out of the cart and then takes somebody else's over. I mean, it's just like if, if, if they're going to do Mario Kart. I know Mario Kart's iconic along with Mario. Don't get me wrong. But like mm-hmm. the fact that all of these possibly all these worlds that I've played in growing up 
every single Mario game, one through, you know, the original three, and then going into like your, you know, Mario 64, Super Mario Worlds and all that kind of stuff to be able to maybe see them like remake these on screen and then make up their own new ones. That's kind of cool to think about. They can go anywhere. They can do anything. Yep. Cause they're not bound by anything really. So it, it visually they can, it's in their hands. How good this thing is. I'm just excited for it. I'm going to nerd out over this movie until I see it. Yeah, no, it, I'm sure it's going to make, it's going to make a pretty penny. So we'll see how, mm-hmm. how many pretty pennies. That's the question. April 7th paint. April 14th, The Pope's Exorcist, Renfeld Suzumi. April 21st, Bo is Beautiful, Chevalier, The Covenant, Evil Dead Rise to Catch a Killer. That's a crowded week, my goodness. Uh, April 28th, another crowded week. Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret, Big George Foreman, and Sisu, which I just saw the trailer for today, Big George Foreman. Sorry, this past weekend on um, Creed. Yeah, it was on Creed. The May 5th starts off strong. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, May 12th, Book Club, the next chapter, Love Again. May 16th, Cannes Film Festival. That's on that's on Tuesday. And May 19th is Fast 10, which opens everywhere and in IMAX. May 26th, About My Father, Little Mermaid, The Machine, and You Hurt My Feelings. Wow, the Little Mermaid and the Machine the same week. That's in the that's an interesting interesting uh, huh. interesting dynamic. June 2nd, the Boogeyman, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. June 9th, Strays, Transformers, Rise of the Beasts. June 16th, The Blackening, Pixar's Elemental, The Flash. June 23rd, Joyride. Is that a remake of Joyride, I wonder? I got to check that out. I I really love the first one. No, it's not. Not Hmm. at all. Um, No Hard Feelings. June 30th, Harold and Purple Crayon, a movie I worked on, and Indiana Jones, The Dial of Destiny. July 7th, Insidious 5. We'll just just go through July. July 14th, Mission Impossible, Mm -hmm. Dead Reckoning. Part, part, part one. one. We're coming in on the another Tom Cruise movie that's going to dominate, I'm sure. July mm-hmm. 21st, Barbie, which will, I think, also do gangbusters. Oppenheimer, which is from Christopher Nolan. July 28th, Haunted Mansion, a trailer we're going to talk about today, and Talk to Me. And then August starts off with The Meg 2, The Trench, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. How do you guys feel about that late summer lineup? I mean, there's some good stuff in there. I mean, stuff we're obviously looking forward to. Um, legitimately, one other thing about the Mario, and I'll move on. Uh, do you guys know what a Luma is from Mario? Little star people. Um, there's one where Luigi gets captured in the trailer, and the Luma's like, oh, another one for the meat grinder. And it's got this really high-pitched voice, and it's just like, the only thing we have to wait for is the sweet release of death. <laughs> and it's, it's fucking hilarious. Like, I laughed really hard about that. One of the other ones I'm excited for late on the list is, is Oppenheimer. I think Oppenheimer, I don't know. I, I like those historical films like that that are, that have big, like, cinematography budgets. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that one. I want to see what direction that goes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder how close it's going to, I mean, I know it's not going to be all, you know, historically accurate. Don't get me wrong. Like, uh, it's a movie. Yeah, so that won't be, but I wonder if they're going to like if they're going to ride with the actual like way things went out or if it's going to like take a different turn. So, it'll be interesting to see. I don't Who know. Knows? With with Christopher Nolan, it it could be a kind of a crapshoot with uh with how that goes. Uh, he usually keeps his stuff pretty close to the chest as far as story and everything. So, we'll see what that one goes, but I mean, he has a, he has his usual uh, Cillian Murphy, so mm-hmm. he his has boys. his faithful <laughs> he does have his faithful, but I'm excited for several of those. Um, I I don't know how I feel about Haunted Mansion 
Because didn't we? Didn't we? When, when did we have that? Right? What? Two thousand two. Two thousand and three. Because we had the one with Eddie Murphy. And whatever. That's if how I you know you're. Correctly, that yeah. that was pretty well received of a movie, though, right? I think it, it did very well. My point is, it's that's how you know you're getting older when <laughs> movies when you were a teenager are being remade. Well, it's like I said when when we saw the flashback cinema things at Marquee when I went there and like Land Before Time is one of like oh god oh no and I'm in Harry this Potter category movies. now yeah yeah well it is what it is man I don't know how to I used to not think I was gonna ever age I I don't want to get into it but I, that's a weird thought I always had but I am aging how's that working out for you right? <laughs> not not well I just <laughs> wanted to, I just wanted to check in on you <laughs> I decided that I'm no longer going forward in age <laughs> oh man all right that's I have decided cool. I'm not aging. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's a weird. I might get into it one day on the show, but it's, it involved like a weird, like weird theory I had about life. But hmm. yeah, I know <laughs> weird. <laughs> All right then. Let's take a look at what's streaming this week. We're taking a look at Disney Plus. I went with McFarland USA by director Nikki Caro, Kevin Costner, Maria Bella, Morgan Slayer. This is. Uh, it's a movie I love quite a bit. I actually just saw it for the second time uh, a few weeks ago than I saw it for the first time in the theater and then now. But uh, it's I, I love Kevin Costner, and I love kind of the magic that he brings to the roles that he chooses. Uh, it's just one of those movies that I think works very well, probably because of Kevin Costner and Maria Bello. But I could be wrong. What, what, what's, your, what's, your guys's, um, what's your guys' experience with uh, McFarland USA? I think McFarland USA is a pretty good movie. It's paced pretty well. It makes cross country running seem interesting. Look, fun fact: it's not. Uh, <laughs> um, but I mean, the, it's very well acted in the the cast. They have like the the story about how like he revitalizes that helps revitalize like that like little town. It's it's it works pretty well, man. I, I like that movie. It's it one was, that if, yeah. if I catch it on TV, I will. I'll continue to watch it. His family moves to a to a place uh, where. They pretty where well, they moved to McFarland, USA, which is a very economically downtrodden place. And he notices talent in the running team and some some kids who are very good runners, uh, as he's the new coach. And he puts together a team and uh, competes at the highest level in the state and ends up winning states. But I know spoilers from 2015. But uh, yeah, it's ah oh, ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna watch that this weekend. You bastard! It was on my list. Mm. You know what's funny? So recently, I was I've been talking about Titanic a lot in the office. And um, it's like there's someone who legitimately hasn't seen Titanic. How is that in, possible? Working in film, they're working in the transpo office. I mean, that that's a different kind of person. That's a very that's not really a movie centric person. That's like those are very different kind of people. The way you said that came off like the, the way you said that was like it's like it's a different kind of person. I don't associate with those kinds of. Well, persons. no, but usually people in the main production office are like people who like you know they want to be in cinema, so they found their way in. But mm-hmm. transport people are very different kind, like drivers and, and DOTs and dispatchers. They're not those kind of people. They're just they tend to be older, and they're like, oh yeah, I just I, I remember it came out. I was in my I was in my mid my mid twenties. He said I just I just skipped it, but it's hmm. big it's a big deal. I heard I like, just skipped it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he could have been messing with me, but he didn't seem like he was messing with me. So uh, he's very he's very he's a very deadpan guy. So anyway, that's just hmm. I couldn't believe someone had not seen Titanic. But I mean, it's been re- it's been released what it's now three crazy times. Crazy to think now about how old of the movie it is and how, what kind of cultural phenomenon thing that it was yeah. to not. I mean, because here's the thing: like it's even on like regular TV sometimes. <laughs> I mean, with it being as big as it is, it'd be hard to avoid it. Like now, for myself, if I hadn't seen it, but like I I did when I was younger, but I didn't see because I wanted to. I saw it because my buddy liked it. 
So like, you know, we tossed it on one night and, you know, we watched Titanic, but it's just, it's one of those things where I don't know if I would have been able to go this long without seeing the film at this point because of how big it actually is. Yeah. So, that's a good call. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, movies that do very movies that make hundreds of millions, especially in the late nineties, early two thousands, like you probably should have taken notice of what those were. You know, let's just call it BME before Marvel era, you know, like before the unified Marvel started taking over in 2008. Um, when that was like that kind of box office wasn't common, you know, it just wasn't, it just didn't happen very often. But famously, if you remember, Titanic didn't do well the first two weeks it was in the theater, and they were about to limit it. And then, you know, he somehow convinced them, no, no, it, it'll catch on, just give it time. Yep. Anyway, but yeah, uh, number okay, so that's McFarlane USA is my pick. Uh, Roger, you picked another classic choice, The Simpsons movie by director David Silverman, the normal Simpsons cast of. Dan Castellanos, Julia Kavnard, Nancy Cartwright, Yearly Smith, Harry Shearer, Hank Azaria, 2007. Yes. Do you want to talk about it? film. There you go. Hey, do you like The Simpsons? <laughs> then yes, you should check it out. I mean, it was like a it was like a fun two hour long Simpsons episode. And uh, the one thing is they changed up the animation style a little bit because obviously they had the budget to do that. Uh, I think it looks really good. Um, it's still to this day. If you get the remaster, you can check it out. Remastered. Um, looks really nice. The story is kind of funny. They actually swear a little bit more, so um, the story works. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty good. I I enjoy it. I I always hoped that they would make a second one. I still believe in my heart that they actually still will make a second Simpsons movie. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, The Simpsons has been around legitimately as long as I can remember. Like yeah. I can't remember TV without The Simpsons. Like I'm 40 years old. <laughs> like they are in like their 33rd season or yep. something. Like that's insane i mean so i'm not a big simpsons guy but i've seen the simpsons movie and some of my favorite quote my some of my favorite quotes comes from the simpsons there's some really good ones in there that just i don't know like the show has done a good job standing the test of time and remaining keeping itself relevant in some way shape or form it's successful so one of my favorite parts of the actual movie is when they're going through like the little hole that gets them outside of the dome Mm -hmm. and homer's going he's going really slow and the people start clawing at his head he's like ah (laughs) because he's giving them the finger yep (laughs) also for the record the simpsons has one of the one of the best arcade games as well so the original simpsons arcade game is a hell of a brawler it really is man i've many a quarter on that game Mm -hmm. i almost bought the um the uh, arcade what is it the um shit why can't i remember the the remake, like where they brought back all the mm-hmm. old systems or whatever. I almost bought that one. Yeah. I don't know what arcade one up. There it is. The yeah. arcade one up uh, cabinet of it. So, yeah. Cause it's a four player board and whatever. Yep. They're just, it's just Simpsons is it's iconic. There's, you just can't get around it. I had it in my brain for a long time. I was going to get an arcade machine like that. And I was going to have the Simpsons on it because it's all the same button combo. It was going to be the Simpsons turtles in time, which is the best, tur- yeah. the best four player turtles game. Mm-hmm. It was going to be the four player X-Men game. Yeah, well, that's a good one too. And, uh, NBA Jam and NFL Blitz because it's all the same mm-hmm. button combo. So oh, yeah. oh. apparently, it's really hard to do shit. Like yeah, that. like not like a little hard, like <laughs> incredibly so. Yeah. Do you have a favorite uh, Simpsons quote? You are Grayson. Uh, uh, I, from I, I from do. the movie, ahead, from from the movie, I do is when they're talking to the president, who's maybe not as smart as he leads on. He goes, "I was elected to lead, not to read." <laughs> I, that was really, I need you to pick one i pick five there is no five <laughs> that's it <insane. laughs> one through four just pick a number five there is no five <laughs> you know, just, just, uh, my, so just go ahead sorry 
my favorite all time Simpsons quote, actually the same guy, Rainer Wolfcastle, mm-hmm. who is the actor plays McBain in their world and radioactive man in the radioactive man movie. Yeah. When they're filming the radioactive man movie, Bart did not get the part of um, the sidekick mm-hmm. Millhouse did. And so they're talking that Millhouse has to come and save radioactive mm-hmm. man. And so like, they're going to, they're going to do like this live stunt and dump all this acid on him. And they put on these little tiny safety goggles <laughs> and dump all this acid in his face and nobody comes to save him. So the acid hits him and he's like, the goggles do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Just burning his face. I don't know why, but that sticks out in my brain yeah. so, my, uh, so much. But my favorite one is when, uh, I think Homer's like he's putting a bunch of mayonnaise on hot on some donuts, uh, you know, after he's been drinking and he eats them and uh, Marge tells him that, you know, that he's going to regret that later. He, and he goes, he goes, yeah, I really hate to be that guy. <laughs> and he just keeps on going. <laughs> it's a uh, it's something that I carry true to my, you know, like in my the, heart, the way that I think is, you know, because I'm very much a that you know, guy sucks. Do things now, consequences later. And I've had to like work to change that. But the Simpsons quote always always gets me whenever I'm thinking about stuff like that. So Warms you know, just 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 as a, a, a mental note here, it's they that started in 1989. 34 wow. years it's been running. 34. I was a year old, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> or as or as kids would call it now, before 2000. Yeah. Oh God, it hurts. <laughs> doesn't it, doesn't that doesn't just make you want to? I, I I heard the phrase. I, I hear it since I've been like alerted to the phrase. You know, oh, you were born before two thousand. I'm like, I just want to punch you in the head, you little shit. Uh, I just I can't like how I'm do gonna you... age you? <laughs> I can't like why is that a big deal that oh you're we were born before two thousand. Like what? Why does that mean you can't talk to me? What what does that make me defective? Yes, come yes. on, man. Well, you yes, yeah, thank, yeah. Thank oh, specifically. <laughs> Damn, thirty-four years. I don't have Roger. You well, you said something that really rang true. I don't have many like TV memories before The Simpsons because like I that was really huge in my like single teen or my single digit years. Because of course I'd always watch TV at night, and I'd always watch Simpsons. So those first like three or four seasons I knew pretty well. Maybe yeah. after that, and I got older, teenager, and started like leaving after after work, after school, after work, after school, and trying to hang out with my friend. I didn't watch it as often, but those first couple seasons, I really got into. But you're, you're right; I don't have many TV memories that predate The Simpsons. So one of my elementary school memories that still sticks out in my brain is a Simpsons related memory because, like, if you don't, rem- you guys, I know Chris, you probably don't because you're definitely too young, Grace, and you might not remember either. The Simpsons was pretty controversial for a while because, like. It was it was a cartoon or it was animated, so people assumed it was a cartoon, and not all the humor was geared all the way towards children. Yeah. So people didn't like it. And this is before this is like Fox was like this edgy startup, like had a bunch of other shows like that, and it fit into their adult lineup. Um, I remember some kid when I was in like second or third grade, he drew a Bart Simpson thing on the like chalkboard. Yeah. And like got in trouble for it because they're like, we don't do that. Oh, no. Like I that I seriously remember that. Yeah. Be, like as like a, somebody got in trouble yep. because of that. Now you're just like, oh man, it's the Simpsons. That's just fucking hilarious. Yep. You know? Yeah, it's it, I mean now it's iconic. You now know, I'll be like, I have there. to fist fight my teacher. <laughs> and that's just how <laughs> oh things God. were different then. See, like it's different for me. South Park was my Simpsons. So sure, yeah. sure. I mean, and that's that's still I mean, listen. Another thing that's been around for a really long time that you don't even realize it is South Park. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, South Park is 25 years old, yes. give or take. So Close to it, yeah. Yeah. There's a no. lot. 
That's got to be older than that. Older than that. Because if it's 25, that means I graduated from high school more than 20 years ago, and it came out when I was in high school. Hold on a second. That had to have been mid-90s when that started. Had to have been mid-90s. Probably like 96, 97. Yeah, I think a nine because when was the South Park uh, bigger, longer, uncut? When was the South Park movie? South Park that started, had to 90, have been... started in 97. Okay, so now, okay, that's still, that's so a, it's I mean, 25 years old, right? Turning geez. 26. Yeah. And it's yeah. still going. And that's still like, they both of those shows still have They're huge, still very, yeah. very loyal fan bases. Oh, yeah. Damn, good for them. Do. You know, those people that voice those characters are just making like a, every, every, every paycheck is more than like I'll see in six lifetimes, you know? Well, the, and be... here's the thing like, those, they're all syndicated too. So they make mm-hmm. huge money off syndication stuff yep. too. So, yeah. yeah. We'll go for those shows. All right, Chris, another one that's slightly more controversial and way more new than ours is uh, Lightyear by director Angus McLean. Chris Evans, Kiki Palmer, Peter Sin, Taka, sorry, Taika Waititi, James Brolin, Uzu Aduba. Lightyear from last year. Tell us about it. So I actually let my let my eight-year-old daughter pick uh, the Disney Plus film to talk about, and I asked her what her, what her favorite movie to watch on on Disney Plus was she came and she said Lightyear and she does like this like this film we throw it on every now and then when she asks for it and it just proves to show that even though the adult audience it didn't click with doesn't mean that your kids won't like it and all in all watching the film as many times as I have now it has grown on me a little bit more with a bunch of rewatches the the best thing about this film is is the supporting cast unfortunately you know or fortunately however you want to see it but it is a fun enough movie socks the cat is absolutely a, a 10 out of 10 companion that Pixar does very well and uh, well Disney Pixar and just the whole thing is it, it's just it is a fun ride by the end of it and you know my kid loves it so I'm going to talk about it I, I think Lightyear's worth watching if you haven't seen it yet sounds good I, I never I, I never had a problem with Lightyear it was an okay movie yeah the, the problem that I had with Lightyear was the fact that I thought it should have been fucking awesome and it wasn't yeah so yeah. like that was my issue with it yeah so. my uh my daughter's favorite part of the whole thing is is actually the beginning is all like the light speed travel stuff and him trying to get there and the science behind it she's she's very sciencey so she loves it she lo- she likes that build-up part to it cool yeah. i'm glad she likes it yeah she's got a good choice i agree well especially for disney plus it's always there for her to stream and i'm sure it's one that you don't care if she watches over and over again chris i mean no no she's it's not, not that age where like you have to start worrying about what she might be watching oh yeah no, like, yeah, I pay especially attention to some of the stuff she throws on. Yeah, especially with like the loose rating system that we have for movies now, it's just it can mm-hmm. be a little, you know, a little, little. Movies dicey. isn't as much of the concern as like YouTube and things like that. Like as uh, now that I'm a parent of a of a of an actual like thinking child that is impressionable, I've I never thought I'd be that parent that kind of like looks at that kind of stuff. Thinking child, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, now that she's at that point, I'm I'm catching myself going, well, hold on, I want to watch this for a little bit to find out what's actually happening here. So. Yeah. I mean that's that that that's fair. I would imagine a lot of parents don't do that. So kudos to you for being, I think, a little more responsible than a lot of parents who just, I think, kind of hand their and I and I, I know several of them who just hand their kids the iPad and just tell them to watch YouTube and be quiet. So I mean, good, good I, for you. I'm guilty of handing my kids electronics because here here's the thing, you got to keep your sanity somehow, and there's nothing wrong with that. But it's it's to the point you can't be the to, to the point where you don't know what's happening. No, you have to at least have some semblance of what's yeah. going on. Yep. I will be surprised though sometimes when my kid has her iPad and I'll hear something, I'll be like, What in the hell? What are you watching? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's now, I, 
if you want more opinions on this, you can tune into our parenting podcast that we do right go. afterwards that we put out on Wednesdays. Which also but, might be fucking hilarious if we actually did that. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is shit that happened in my house today. Oh, man. Roger, what's the most surprising thing you you saw your kid watching that you just didn't expect to hear? So, okay, it's legitimately, I don't get overly surprised. Like, I'm not that kind of person. I am surprised, though. Like, my kid will venture off of something like Disney Plus and go on to YouTube Kids and regular YouTube. Regular YouTube's a cesspool. We, we know this. But even on, like, YouTube Kids... YouTube Kids get some stuff So in there, there's some stuff that slips through the cracks in YouTube Kids. Mm-hmm. But my daughter, for some reason, will watch other people talking about watching the cartoons. Now, listen, I know it makes me feel, like, hypocritical because I watch people stream games all the time. Yep. Like, I'm some sort of <laughs> asshole. But I'm just like, how does this entertain you? And I'm just like, it's you, she's just you, buddy. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's more shocking that I'm stupid. <laughs> Check that out on our parenting Fair. podcast. <laughs> That's amazing. That's just amazing. Yep. Nope. Yep. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. All of you like to... us only smaller. Oh no. <laughs> all right. All available to stream if you have Disney Plus, McFarland USA, The Simpsons movie, and Lightyear. All available for your streaming pleasure. Let's talk about some trailers. We alluded to one earlier. A remake from 2003, the no, not the Haunted Mansion, just Haunted Mansion with Owen Wilson, Rosario Dawson, Jamie Lee Curtis, Winona Ryder, Lakeith Stanfield, Danny DeVito, Tiffany Haydish. What say you guys? How much do we want to bet that Owen Wilson's got like seven seven lines in this and wow, 15 wow. minutes of screen time? Wow. <laughs> wow. I don't know. It's, it's got a good cast. It does. However, I don't know if I should care about this movie in any real yeah, capacity. Well, now, the, the effects in the trailer looked really good. Like, like uh we we saw like the windows disappearing and stuff and mm-hmm. all that looked very good in the trailer we've seen some trailers that have some questionable cgi and you know things along that line and this the things in this one actually looks good i'll give it that i i, yeah. I agree i think that i mean the the haunted mansion from 2003 i, I was working at Carmike at the time which is now of course been gobbled up by the the monster that is amc theaters but and uh, I was working at Carmack at the time. That that movie did very well for itself for several weeks. And that way, you know, I, I get it in my mind, start separating it like before like streaming era and after streaming era. Like that was well before, well, not well before, but that was before streaming era. Um, you know that Netflix started in 2004, guys? Did you guys know? No, not the streaming aspect, so but the I DVD don't... aspect. So I remember having Netflix and like before I had my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um because that's how I watched a bunch of movies. Because yeah. it was, hey, you could have one at a time, and yep. you didn't get one, so you sent it back. Like, yep. and that was it. My gra- but you could do as many as you wanted. Yeah, my grandmother had Netflix. Is how I discovered it, and yeah. uh, I saw some weird series on there, like some obscure, uh, ser- like serialized TV show thing uh, that she had like disc one for. She hated it. I loved it, and you know we. Just kept going. We went back and forth on she got to get a movie, then I got to get, you know, that. And yeah, that's how my origin with Netflix. But yeah, that was back while I was still in high school. So yeah, yeah that it's sense. a long time ago. Yep. I, yeah, I, I, I started with the streaming thing. I, or sorry, no, the, the DVD thing. I did the yep. two because I'm that's just, I like movies. So I did, I did the two. It was only like an extra two bucks a month to do, mm-hmm. to do two instead of one. But I got a ton of movies like that knocked out of the way. And I just looked at my massive DVD library, which I spent so much money on. I'm like, this is, DVD is not pointless. Like, I think I got Netflix in like 2006 when I first really got into it, like str- like the, the mail thing. Not only does it get, it get to you pretty quick, but if you put something in the mail on Monday, mm-hmm. on Thursday, by the end of when the mail came, you would have the next thing. Yeah. 
And that's, I think yeah. it was when it, so when, when they got notification, it was scanned in. I think when it got scanned one. to the post office, they shipped it out yeah, to the next, go one. Your next one. Yeah. And yeah, you know, what's funny is, is to think about now, like how that works. It's like, you could never really, I mean, I guess they still technically have that, but no one would ever return anything anymore. Mm-hmm. But like then I never once ever had a problem with it. Yep. Every movie I ever ordered all worked. It, you know, they weren't ever scratched or anything. And they came with just these little shitty paper yep. sleeves. They worked just fine. It just blows my mind that, like, as a society, we that we were okay with doing that, oh, and yeah. it worked just fine. It's weird, right? I mean, people still do it with Redbox, technically. I guess yeah. it's the same thing. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, the Redbox is just picking up what Netflix stopped doing, is all that is. You know, someone had a huge DVD collection. It was like, what if I make some money off this? And it blew up. Two bucks a day, bro. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, like, uh, on that point, like, some of the things that I've, I've seen through Netflix in that old school way, like, there are things I would never watch that, you know, like, you know, my... That I can't believe they had access to like some really old films, mm-hmm. and you were talking about Grayson like looking at your DVD collection and like how it's you know it feels like useless at this point. There's been times where I've I've wanted to buy things on like Blu-ray that are you know that are 4K and Blu-ray that look really good because I want them, but it's like, or I could just get the digital version that's going to stream in 4K, right? You know, like and I I come I worked at GameStop for a long time and. Because of that, I have a love for like for the physical media. You're attached media. to digital physical media, sure. Yeah, but and because I understand that there is there's long term value there for people, and that you know when you have something digital, you don't own it at all. You you own the right to use it, but you don't own the product. So I have back and forth with it, but so it, it makes me want to have the physical copies. But it's just so much easier and makes sense to go. All right, well, I just want to buy this and have it and know that it's going to stream in 4K and it will never get damaged. Yeah, I struggle with that a lot, and you know I, I can see you know just the the starting with Netflix getting cds in the mail and it turning into what it is now it's it's a very different thing actually so this is interesting thing about go go, go ahead Roger, sorry. i have a 4k blu-ray player mm-hmm. i never thought i'd ever have one the only thing i ever i've never put a 4k blu-ray in it really i've well here's the thing so i don't have a regular besides my video game consoles mm-hmm. i guess technically i don't have an actual blu-ray player anymore yeah. so just regular like I watch an old school DVD. My wife had something playing on there. I was like, this looks like shit because, well, because I mean, it's like it was original DVD Mm -hmm. format. Like, so my TV, my system tries to upscale it for the TV and listen, it's not great. Yeah. (laughs) Remember how crisp DVDs looked compared to VHS? Well, here's the thing though. They were also on at most like a 25 inch screen. And now, yeah, like, yeah. I have a 75-inch TV, yeah. and it's not pretty. <laughs> Those pixels are real big. <laughs> They're trying real hard. <laughs> Outside of their capabilities. You yeah, know, early, D- especially early DVDs. The, the, the later DVDs, like 2007, 2008, they don't look quite as bad. But yeah. the early DVDs, holy crap. Back in the days of, and I remember this because I was working at Carmike, where the... Um, they were they, when a movie when a big movie put first got put on DVDs. It was just it was just the movie and maybe like one or two like quick special features, and then that was called the bare bones version. And then like f- two months later, the the edition that had all special the, edition. Yeah. So like they made so much money for a while off some of those people who wanted to collect everything. And then like what I mean for some of those like the Lord of the Rings those those huge like box editions of the DVD those came with like seventy five hours of additional footage. That was another big changer, and but stuff doesn't. Again, we're there's no more. If you don't buy, if you don't have any physical or physical media, you don't get any more like special. You don't get any more of those like no. Those you don't things. get director's commentary and shit like mm-hmm. that either. Well, you do, and I I noticed something, Chris. You said earlier about so I I bought several movies that I bought back in the on my Apple account back in the 
before like the HD, you know, mm-hmm. era really took took off. So when an HD, so I bought them on I bought them on an HD on Apple, and then since then they've gone to they've gone to like the 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 super high def, and then like and then so I got that I got the regular cut, then then I got the super high cut, and then now now I have the 4K cut, but it it keeps upgrading itself. I never have to pay a dime. So all right, oh that's cool, that's good on them. I, I thought you were about to say I bought it three times. Yeah, no, no, like, no, no. I'm fucking idiots. I paid 120 <laughs> bucks into this. At this no, point. no, no. You if you buy if you if you buy the SD version. The, the the I don't you don't get upgraded, but as long as you bought at the time the best version of it, yeah, yeah, oh, that's cool, yeah. Um, so yeah, I just I thought it was interesting you brought that up, but that's I, I do want to do an episode on like physical versus digital media one one day. I think that's because I think it's been enough years that we have enough. There's there's a lot a lot, a lot of points for and against. There's ups and downs but, to all of it. Yeah, just like I definitely else, see your point. Yeah. All right, back to Haunted Mansion. Are we <laughs> thumbs up or thumbs thumbs down on Haunted Mansion? Thumb in the middle. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> or the best. That's a weird sex and, thing. Yeah. I, I'm in. Listen, super into. Oh, uh, I think. All I'll, right, moving on. I think I landed the same place. <laughs> I, I don't care about this at all. Uh, but maybe my my oldest will want to see it and well, I'll look get more out of it. If we have to watch it. I want it to be good. Yep. Exactly. If we don't have to watch it, I could care less about this movie. Right. I'm kind of yeah. lukewarm on it. I didn't. I wasn't really particularly huge on the other one, so we'll see where that lands. But all right, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem with Paul Rudd, Giancarlo Espinito, Rose Byrne, Jackie Chan, Seth Rogen, John Cena, Maya Rudolph, Ice Cube, Post Malone, Hannibal Burris. What are we thinking? So I think I'm all in for this. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm a huge Ninja Turtle nerd. I, I I love the Ninja Turtles. I grew up, you know, with all of the things I could get my hands on. I mentioned the arcade game earlier. I've spent so much of my money on that arcade game. And uh, I, I'm i excited for this. I'm cautiously excited, but the art style looks good enough. It, it almost feels stop motion at times with the way that, like, there's, like, frames missing. But... It, rem- it reminds me of a less clean look of uh, Puss in Boots. Okay. All right. Similar, gotcha. similar thing. Okay. But like I'm excited for this. I love the Ninja Turtles. I was just talking to uh, uh, to my wife about the first Ninja Turtles movie that came out way back, like the original. That's a good with like, movie. Yeah, a, that 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 on its own face is a actual good film hidden underneath of like a Ninja Turtle skin. So uh, I'm excited for this. I want to see this. I didn't know you're this was a thing. You're talking about moment. the first one with like <clears throat> the the first live action adaption. Yeah, yeah, which is like super serious and. The second one, it broke. It took their weapons away. It toned it way down. But the first one, I've rewatched it recently. Is second you know, one has vanilla ice in it. It does it have does. vanilla ice in it. Go though. Ninja for a go long, ninja. Yeah. for a long scene. I saw my best friend in his PJs dancing that song once. <laughs> I was there. That was the most awkward moment of my life. Shout out to Kevin Gorham. Kevin, uh, R.I.P. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> that that burned into your uh, your cerebral now. <laughs> Uh, I do remember that first one. How like it's super serious, and it is. I, rem- I remember. It, 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 I remember certain key scenes. Is like, mm-hmm. um, I think it was 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 Casey the artist that, that drew them all. Who 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 drew them all? April drew them. Oh, okay. But Casey, April drew them. Casey was there during like their the recovery and the like the rehabilitation of Raz. And I I remember when like everything was. There's one scene I always remember of like being all kind of fun and games until. Mm-hmm. Is when the Foot Clan are there, and then like when things start to get serious, the music changes, and like Raph comes through. He's been yeah. beaten, and like he comes to the ceiling, like, damn near dead. Yeah, like the music gets all serious, and it's just I love that movie. For and in the beginning, you hear like someone scream, Mike or Raphael yells, "Damn!" Yeah, over the I remember like I remember my dad looking at mom, and be like, 
All right, it's fair. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's in it's in the movie. I, I, what what yeah, can we? It do? gets like yeah, I think that movie has like two cuss words in it, but it's still rated. It it it's I don't know. It's just it has a darker story to it. It has it, ha- it has its serious moments, and it it has a decent message to it. So I don't know. I like that one. I love I love that movie. I will watch it anytime I see it. Who's the best Ninja Turtle? Raphael. That's right. Hundred percent. Fucking right. Get, yep. get out of here. You guys chose the wrong one. I wait, 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 a, let me ask. You, you, think, a... you like Donatello? No, I, I, I always, Michael I'm always Lange. torn between oh. Michael, Michelangelo and Leonardo. Oh my god! But Please. Mikey's my dude. Leonardo Mikey. is a bitch. One hundred percent. Whoa, he's a leader, dude. Come on now. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know why they gave Raphael defensive weapons? Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because he's the strongest Ninja Turtle. Exactly. Come Fair out, okay. Yeah, I, I love I love them all, you know. But I, I've always been partial to Leo and Mikey. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I, I beat I beat Turtles in time so many times with both those characters. I can't even begin to tell you. In like good flawless game, runs, I, I didn't, really want to play hit. Turtles in time right now. Like seriously, it's a good I have game, that one. Up, awesome. I have it's that one up arcade machine. Up. I have that one up. I bought that. You have that? Yeah, it's a it's my my brother's got it right now. But yeah, I think it's great. Oh, man. Turtles in Times really, actually, they really just re released it. Corner right there. The Cowabunga collection just came out on consoles. Has, has I, like... I do have that. Yeah, I did yeah. get that. Yeah, that's on I mean, there. I had though. To. It was like twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. It has like all the original. Oh, yeah. Here's the thing, though. Still to this day, I cannot beat the Ninja Turtles original NES where you got to swim. Mm-hmm. I still can't do it. Look, that was hard. Look, yeah. no that, one, that, that, no one has beat that. That was the first <laughs> Nintendo game I played, and I hated it because I couldn't beat it. Because you couldn't get so past mad. the dam. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I go to the sewer, fight the. I like, I, I played the first, the same two levels over and over again because the only yep. two I could beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that game sucked. I always get run over by the tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> when you're in the overworld games, or whatever. Games yeah. used to be so unforgiving back in the day. Holy crap! Oh yeah, used to just be so unforgiving. Yeah. Can't save have no points either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be Sonic really the Hedgehog one in one sitting. Oh my yeah. god! If you're if you're bouncing a ball around your console and it froze, that like that's your own damn fault. You know. Oh man. Yeah, kids, kids, they don't know the struggle. Out. Yeah, my brother's been my brother's been beat mercilessly a few times because of him screwed up my games that are running. <laughs> Love it, love it. Okay, so no, I'm I'm really excited. I've actually liked most of the turtle movies. Um, I, there's not really a turtle movie that I, I dislike. I, I didn't really mind bad. the. I didn't. Well, fine. That's but the one they go in time. They right? time travel yeah. and they're samurais the, and stuff. Yeah, that's that's the period piece. No, but I'm, I'm talking about the ones after that. Like, I don't mind. Um, oh, okay. I don't mind the one from like 2006. I forget that was mm-hmm. called. That's the that's the first CG animated one, right? Mm-hmm. I actually I like so. that one too. Yeah, that's that, when you get yeah. Raph coming to his true form. Yep. He's like, um, I will fight everyone here, and I'm like, Yeah, you will, brother. I don't, I don't hate the Michael Bay ones either. The I first I, I, Michael I Bay one's those. okay. The yeah. second one's second really ones. not yeah. so good. The first yeah. one was actually pretty damn good. Yeah, but hopefully this will not be lead to another reboot, though, because I want to, you know, I, I well, don't so, want to okay, share so universe. I, I don't, I don't want to talk about Turtles much longer here. Mm-hmm. But the Ninja Turtles has been rebooted like eleven times. Yeah. So the one thing it's continuous is because. Like the Ninja Turtles, the one thing they never really done. The only time they get into the adult aspects of Ninja Turtles is during the movies. Yes. True. So Nickelodeon has had the rights for the Ninja Turtles for quite a while. They have actually rebooted their own stuff three different times now, and it continues to be very, very popular. Yep. So don't worry about the reboot thing. You know, like it's already happened several times over. Yeah. It doesn't seem to matter for them though, hmm. because here's the thing: the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at this point are not teenage. They are older than me. True. So I mean, yeah, yeah. they're the middle-aged turtles at this point. <laughs> you know, like they have a family, a 401k, you know, 
worried about dental and vision coverage. Raph's just on high blood pressure medication. <laughs> yeah. oh, he's God, he's yes. way more mellow now. Drinks way too much. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, same, same with like Bart Simpson. Definitely is, estranged. Bart Simpson, <laughs> is, Bart Simpson is like, how old is he at this point? He's like 36 at this point, 34. Yeah. I don't know how old he is. 34? I mean, come he's on. I mean, that. Ash Ketchum is the oldest 11-year-old in the history of people. So, yeah, of course. I mean, but we just kind of like love it keep them where we are in our hearts for what they were when we found them. Mm-hmm. So, all right. And then the last thing he told me with Jennifer Garner, this is a series on, on, on Apple. I thought I'd show, I thought I'd okay. point it out because Apple tends to do pretty, pretty high, high production value. Well, things. In the, the trailer that we watch, it doesn't actually say yeah. streaming or movie. It just says stream or it just says streams on. Yeah. On Apple and I TV. was like, is it a movie or a show? Yeah, well, it could have been either. I, I'm IMDb. It does say episodic. Okay. So, okay. but still, I mean, look, Jennifer Garner is she's a good one, and Apple puts a lot of money behind things. It looks like a pretty uh, compelling show, so I'm mm-hmm. I'm always I'm interested. I like their yeah. mystery. I mean, what's that show, Roger? We talked about uh, with Chris Evans as the dad and defending he had a son. Jacob. Defending ja- oh, defending yeah. Jacob. That was a good one. That was an interesting. That was a not a was, bad way to spend several hours either. That so. was the first thing we watched on Apple TV, wasn't it? I think it was. It was because that was a really big deal. Yeah. Yeah, that well, that's let me. We, we, we never did morning show, but that's a that's an ongoing thing. Yeah, but we talked about most still things. An actual show. Yeah, but we talked about most things. So, all right, the trailers this week. If you're interested to check those out, Haunted Mansion, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, and the la- the last thing he told me. All our new trailers this week. Fucking Leonardo. That's yeah, dude. right. God, Typical. nobody likes Leonardo. Typical. Who does like who likes Raph? Come on, uh, now. clearly. Two of the two thirds <laughs> of the smartest podcast. guys you know. <laughs> two thirds of the people on this podcast. <laughs> fair, fair. All right, gentlemen, let's talk about Creed. Actually, Creed. makes you more weird that you don't like Raphael. Yeah. All right. Fine, 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 fine. Let's talk about Creed three, gentlemen. A small little let's movie. Let's do that. Yeah. A small movie you may have heard of. You know, sequel to uh, two other small movies you, you may may have heard of. So let's jump into. Let's look at some particulars. But before we do that, Creed. Uh, tomato meter of ninety five, audience score of eighty nine. That's that's the original Creed. Okay, okay, ninety five and eighty nine. Creed two, eighty three tomato meter, eighty audience score. Interesting. Creed, okay. Creed three follows up with not too different of a score, but I, not too different. But it's easily trackable as eighty eight and ninety six. Okay, so people are loving. So the people the critics, Creed. The critics love the first one the best. Uh, the people generally love Creed three the best. Me personally, I, I'm a fan of Creed two. I love what Creed two did. So I think after and listen, I'm going to say a lot of really positive things about Creed three because mm-hmm. I enjoyed this movie. I will be flat out and say it right off the bat. I still think the story behind this Creed two is a better story. Um, but don't sleep on Creed one for like how it changed that entire universe. Yeah. So I, I, I think linearly like they all tell individual stories while continuing the main line from one to the other and yeah. i think it works really well and that's that is something the through line through these three movies here look the buzzword through line yeah um, it works really well so i wouldn't say i'd love or hate anyone more or less than the other i do think the second one's probably the strongest overall story though so i rewatched the other two like, i did that too before watching this one because they're good they are good, and it's not a it's not a hard thing to rewatch something that you like. No, and uh, I I think after rewatching them that I I too think that Creed two is the be- is the best of these three, but Creed one's very like it, it was hard for me to decide between Creed one and Creed two. Okay. I think Creed three is is going to be uh, the lowest 
out of the three compared, but it is by no means a, a bad movie for that. It's just it, it's against two other very good films for what they are. So sure. I've have, I have a question for you before we jump into yeah. the actual movie itself. Mm-hmm. Could you now? I, I I'm actually surprised that the three of us like the story of well, we we tend to favor Creed two. I think Creed two story is the strongest, but I mean that's because it's because of the familiar name Drago because everyone knows that like it's because they were very clever to bring Ivan Drago and his father back. And it's, it's funny how, uh, it's funny how, um, Dolph stole every time he was in a scene, that scene belonged to Dolph. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Okay. He stole yeah. that movie. He was so like, that. It, go ahead. I think, I think, I think on this, just under this point, I think the reason why we like Creed two as much as we do is because Creed two is the story that makes the most sense in the Creed trilogy, right? Well, I was going to say you could you could have started this trilogy with Creed two, and it would have been fine. Yeah, well, yeah, it would have been, but like, oh yeah, you could have done that, sure. Yeah, but like you you watch the first one, and then when everything happened in the second one, it it all just makes sense. You're not surprised about any of it, and nope. you're just like, okay, hell yeah, I'm here for this yep. the whole time. So I think this is the story of Creed two. Just it it it's almost like that's what these movies were were revolving around. Because that's the story that is the most interesting out of what happens here. And for good reason, because of the history of the characters and all that. Well, and with Creed 2, we get introduced to young Drago. Mm -hmm. um, And he is still, to me, one of the most interesting characters that we have met um, throughout this thing. Like, I want to see more of his story. You know what I mean? They're still in talks about doing that. Just Drago spinoff, like I'm here for that. Mm-hmm. Like I would absolutely watch that movie. I don't care if I have to read subtitles the whole damn time. Like I'm fine with it. Yeah, like 100%. give it to me. Well, it would it I would read be real made, fast, bro. Drago would be. I mean, Drago would be made with an American audience in mind, so it wouldn't be. I don't think it'd sure. be subtitles, but I mean, Some. just I wanted to bring that question up because Ivan Drago, though he was defeated, or sorry, Drago's son was defeated in the second Creed film. Um, he still carried over into Creed three, and I, I really appreciated that aspect of it. I was actually surprised and thought it well above what I expected to appear on screen. I was very excited that they well, did appear together. All but one of the key people in all of the Creed films may have an appearance in Creed three, which I think is a good thing. I think it's paying homage to where it started and where it went and where it got to, which is never a bad I, thing I from that perspective. So real quick, the box office for Creed in 2015 ended at 173.5 million. Okay. Box office for Creed 2 in 2018 ended at 214 million. Okay. And so far the box office for Creed 3 as we talked about earlier is very right now very neck and neck with Creed, but it'll far surpass it. It's at 179.3. Good. So it'll, okay. It'll yeah, it's trending so to still make money. Three. Yeah. yeah. Still making a ton of money. It's trending to be what could be the best. It's got another thirty-four million, I think, to go before it's uh, beats Creed two. But I don't. It, it may not. It's the second second week. It I don't not. think it will. Honestly, not at this point. It'll be close though. With, with everything coming out though, it's not going to have the legs compared. You're, to, you're, like, you're right. No, you're probably right. Sure. I think Chris is right about that. So let's jump into the nitty gritty. You know the Creed three. You know the cast. But let's just uh, refresh for one second. Michael B. Jordan, Tessa Thompson, Jonathan Majors is new. Yes. Felicia Rashad, Wood Harris, Florentinian Monitino, who's Victor Drago. Victor. Um, directed by Michael B. Jordan. And this is obviously coming off the st- of the Creed story uh, that, that has roots in uh, Ryan Coogler, his, I think his brother Keenan Coogler. Uh, yep. This one is also directed by the star power, Michael, Michael B. Jordan. Mm-hmm. Roger, what's Creed 3 about? 
So Creed 3 is a continuation of what we've seen before, um, except for the fact that Donnie, Adonis Creed, has retired um, from boxing for about, he's been retired for about three years years, now. Um, And his life is moving forward. His daughter's growing up. Uh, You know, they're doing, they're having parental struggles with school stuff. And, you know, Bianca, his wife, isn't a performer anymore. She's straight on, has her own record label, producer. And apparently she's very good at it. Mm -hmm. So um, this is kind of their life post Donnie boxing. And what happens in this movie, real short version, is Jonathan Major's character, Dame, Damien, shows up. He was in prison, probably partially Donnie's fault he's in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of reconnect, and the story spins out from there with them ending up, you know, boxing each other uh, during, you know, because things happen. Yep. I don't want to spoil what happens with that, because I think I, I will absolutely recommend everybody watch this movie. Yeah. But it... Like they're in a weird place when they start, you know. They're they're adjusting to life as Donnie. They're just rich people, yeah, pretty they much. I mean, they, yeah. they they really are, and living living the good life. You know, she's making good money. He's a, a product endorser. You know, he's got his Calvin Klein thing yeah, on the. Yeah. How fucking weird would that be? Oh, driving yeah. down the highway every day and seeing yourself in a Calvin Klein ad. I mean, for him, it's probably just life. Yeah, part of <laughs> life. But yeah, I mean, that's that's where we stand with the the Creed story, and this is a nice continuation and i'm happy we got this movie yeah i am and i'm, I'm very happy that jonathan majors is, is just a machine at this point he is he's always good in everything he's in and he is a he is a wonderful opposite to um adonis in this movie and i i really Agreed. appreciate that he yeah, is a good protagonist yes and i would even i don't even know is he technically a protagonist here or antagonist, I, I, I mean. I mean, I, I, he is. Uh, he very much is. He 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 does all the things that your antagonist does, right? Okay. I mean, his motivations. It's it's hard to it's hard to not sympathize with him in some way, shape, or form, which true. is key for a good villain, right? Yeah, it's true. You got to develop make, the villain points. Those make the yeah. best villains, and they do a very good job of making you empathize and seeing it from his perspective and understanding. You know, okay, yeah, I, like I get why he's doing this. Now, or the, he does some shitty things, hundred percent, but it, it's. The whole time you're watching the story between them unfold, it feels very genuine. It feels like there's there's that that awkward feeling of um what what was like responsibility that Donnie has towards Damien. He's like he's owed. Yeah, exactly. That. And mm-hmm. he does his best to, Guilt. to like get things Guilt moving right for him. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he's doing his best to get things moving for him. And you find out later on that you know that kind of is you know that all that was almost is is it's being dictated in a way that he doesn't see you know, by other people that are involved in, in the process. And it ends up being to where the guilt and the responsibility he felt to help him now becomes the guilt responsibility to make things right, which yep. I think is a good through line for, for any stop you know, the menace yeah, for any hero character that you have. Yeah. Oh, I, I agree with that. It's very well said uh, in so many words. It's very well said. I don't think there's any problem with, uh, I, I don't think the story has a problem going with things. There are some things that I want to talk about that maybe, I would have done a little differently. I'm not displeased with anything, but so right when we dive into it, does, does it start where it would think you guys would was, would you where you guys would have started Creed three? Um, I don't know because it does start in a kind of a strange place. It starts with his last fight, yeah, quote unquote, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's his fight before retirement, Donnie's fight before retirement. It has him start there, and then the rest of the story kind of kicks off. You know, from that point, yeah, I think it makes sense for the story they're building. They want to show you that he he's he feels like he's done. 
right? Yep. He has all of his boxes checked that he think. He retired a champion. Yep, he retired a champion. He beat the guy that he lost to to begin with. He's already done his business in Creed 2. Like, they want you to know that you know he feels like he's done it all, and he can retire knowing that. He's not struggling with retirement. We see that sometimes in these sports yep. films where someone retires. He's and, not looking to come back. No, no, he's, 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 he's retiring. He's a little lost at times because, you know, it's he hard. He doesn't know what to do. It's hard to turn that gear off, but at the same time, he's not struggling. He's like, oh, i got to go back. It's one of those things where he very much feels like he's he has to go back because of the outside forces, not because he just needs to be back in the ring. And they did a good job establishing that with the way this movie starts, I think. What do you, what did you think of the, um, the way that they portrayed the fight in the beginning, the the way they portrayed the fight in the beginning. Visually, I mean, visually. So I think that's a big piece of what Michael B. Jordan's bringing to the table here. That's going to be, he directed this. It's his first one. And that's his first major thing. Yeah. That's absolutely his vision of doing that. And it was jarring after just watching Creed one and two. Yeah. Because it know. is very stylized, very it differently. It is. And that's that not, it, not that it's bad, but it is different. Yes. Yeah. And it, like the fights in this film, all they all feel like they are apart and away from Creed one and two fights. Yeah. Not in a bad way. The production values there. They're beautifully shot. And there's some cool things that they that they do. Some hits, some misses, but. The fight choreography mm-hmm. is completely different than anything you've ever seen in a boxing movie yep. before this. Hands down. So, for better or for worse, mm-hmm. it's very, very different. Yeah. I do like the idea of them showing his skill set in the fact that he's not just a power boxer anymore. Nope. He's he's an older boxer, and it's, it's more technical for him. He's smart. He's yep. technically sound. He's still fairly quick. Yep. Uh, he can counter punch with the best of them. Mm-hmm. You know, he can stick and move and duck and re, you know, and reload. Yep. So, because like if you remember Balboa, and not, not not to make too many comparisons to those films, but I think Balboa is relevant. Rocky's big thing was he could take a hit. Yeah, he took a lot of hits. Yep. That was his big thing, which is which is you know also true to that character. Whereas that's not who Adonis is. Adonis can take some hits, but yep. he's not like that punchy he, bad guy that he wears could mouth. punch pretty well. But you know, he wasn't. He didn't have a chin made of stone. Nope. You know, he wasn't going to get punched in the face all day. Yeah, yeah. Because also, who wants that? No, I mean, you know, you, you can't box like Homer Simpson. Not everybody can box like Homer Simpson. Just get, bring pu- back the Simpsons get punched until he passes out. <laughs> until the other guy passes out. Yeah. 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 The, like, the stylization, I think, is okay. I think I'm not, a, I'm not upset with it, and I'm always going to be happy to see someone want to try to put their own spin on it or to bring what their vision is into it. And if it works kudos to you if it doesn't you have to live with that but it doesn't hurt the film here nope. which is which i'm okay with no nope. um grace and I'm, i don't know when if you're going to bring this up but if it's okay i'd like to bring up michael b jordan's directing for just a second of okay course, yes um so this is his first major thing all right and you know he owns this as his and he says he's inspired by a lot of things and if you guys don't know we we know about this obviously because you know we're more up on the kind of things um, michael b jordan is a big anime guy and he is himself has stated he loves the, you know, he has like a five anime list. He says, I think everybody should understand, you know, watch. Yep. And I mean, it's a respectable list too. 100%. Like it's pretty good. Like the dude, he's not just a poser. Like yeah, yeah. he's got some deep cuts in there. You're yep. like, all right, this I, guy kind of I, I, gets I like it. his list. Yeah. yeah. It's not bad. Right. You know, me and Chris are anime guys, Grayson a little bit less so, mm-hmm. but you know, it's respectable. And the one thing that I want 
to bring up is the fact that it shines through in this movie. It does. Now, not just in the boxing side of it. Now, it does very much so in the boxing side. Yes. Okay. Especially during the the training montage and the final fight with Dame, mm-hmm. then it's heavily anime inspired. But I thought a lot of the flashback style stuff that we have in this movie, that really reminded me of anime as well. That storytelling arc, is the, that's how you see that in a lot of anime, yes. is that you get a chunk of current story and then you bounce back to you five get a minutes of the past. Yep. Yeah, and you get you know some of the past that mm-hmm. is what ties into it. And he, you're right. I didn't even think about that. That ties directly into what that kind of storytelling yep. feels like. It, it That, to me, really stuck out. So I'm like, okay, I see. Because listen, again... You know, while it continues the Creed story, this movie is shot and portrayed very differently than the other two Creeds. Like, you can definitely tell that there's a director change here. Mm-hmm. And like I said, not for better or for worse, but different. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, you know, I see him like, hey, you know, I see what he's doing here and I see where he's inspired from. And I, I like that. I mm-hmm. thought it was different. I would like to see. Listen, obviously, this will not be the only thing he directs. I hope not. I would like to see how that stuff kind of continues in the rest of his career, whether it's another Creed movie or not. He has already said he would like to do more Creed related stuff, but I assume he won't be doing that immediately after this yeah. anyway. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how he continues that kind of like drawn out story mm-hmm. with the anime influence that he has. The um to work that back into what you're talking about, like his directorial debut. I think that another piece of what shines in this film that he's the director and what, what he's bringing out of this is the fact that one, his like uh, Bianca and Damien, they're acted so well by, uh, by the two actor, act, the actor and the actress playing them. And I think that's a, not, it's they're talented, but he is going to be an like an actor's director where he helps bring all that up. He's he's going to elevate any actor he has on screen if he continues this pattern. I think he I think is he's very good at that. He is definitely fourth fiddle in his own movie. Yes, he's outgunned by his wife, his nemesis, and, and his, his daughter. Yeah, and his daughter. <laughs> I mean, for real. And like, listen, you know, I we say that jokingly, but like, that's a very good thing. Yeah, you know, like him as a director and him. I mean, look, legitimately, he's the star of this movie, yeah. right? And he has other people doing such a good job that the shine is on them. Doesn't mm-hmm. take anything off of him, but they all have their own yeah. path. And it it works really, really well. That was refreshing. Yeah. Because Bianca's story legitimately is interesting because she is very conflicted mm-hmm. with where she is at in her career. Because if you guys remember, you know, in the original Creed movie, she has a hearing aid or hearing, I guess, not technically, an aid, but whatever to help cut out the background noise Mm -hmm. so she could hear better and as it progresses into creed 2 it's getting worse and then their daughter is born completely deaf to really Mm -hmm. hone in on the hearing problems but at this point in creed 3 bianca has stepped away from behind the mic to in the production booth because she just can't deal and doesn't want to lose what limited hearing she has left which listen that's a hard thing to do oh, yeah. in any means, especially for somebody like her, who is such a big musical person. She said she loves being a producer, but she still misses mm-hmm. being out there and having other people sing her own songs. Exactly. Which is a very, very good scene during the label party between Bianca and Dame, mm-hmm. where she's telling him this and she's never talked to him, never talked to Donnie about it. Yeah. Like you can tell. And I was just like, that's an that's a really cool little thing that they bring up yeah that you know donnie's got some problems oh right? yeah 100%. He, 
Donnie probably needs some therapy. Let's, let's just be honest here. You know, yeah, he yeah. didn't have the best upbringing up until, you know, he got on um, when he became a member of the Creed household. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got some rep- rage issues. Yeah, <laughs> and he probably could work that out. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, it's, it's interesting to see that because, listen, he does work a lot of that stuff out in this movie, which is also something I don't think if he wasn't directing it, I don't think we'd get any of that stuff either. Maybe not. Because. Yeah. To this point, besides him being really angry little kid in like the first Creed, we never see that again in Creed exactly. Two. Yep. You don't see him like that. So we got that going for mm-hmm. us. It's kind of the the Creed one, two, and three. They they definitely do different like staples of of who where he is in in development. You know, the the first one he learns to like harness that rage and unleash it at the right time. This is the second one he he learns how to like. I mean, with the Drago fight, he learns how to, you know, what what's the word here? Maybe control it. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I mean, that that's 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 the whole thing with being baited, though, by the Drago is you have to learn how to control that too. And then, and this one, he just kind of like off the chain, uh, because he's again baited by majors who got uh, outguns him. But uh, this one's a, it comes to uh, the approach is is a little different though, because this one he's being called out and like he can't really do anything about it, so he kind of has to follow through with it. But I get that's that's one thing I did notice rewatching the trilogy this this past uh, six days is it, he's been very careful in the development of the character of Adonis into each movie is segmented is segmented in its own kind of portrayal of how he how he controls his feelings if that makes sense yeah yeah no, it does and like it's I like the circular story here as you're wrapping up a character because it makes sense because like you said we got we got his, his formative years within Creed 1, which explains like how he, you know, how he decides to quit fighting against the Creed name and take it on and accept who he is and what built struggle with that too. Yeah, yeah. And then in Creed 2, you get the, you know, the down-to-business story is what that really is, and then him perfecting his craft. And then in the third one, you know, we get his past again because because they want to close the loop on the character, Mm -hmm. I feel. And that is good storytelling in that regard because you get that past stuff because you're going to use all that to help wrap up your character and close that chapter up. And it works really good. And a, and a, an opponent from your past makes a lot of sense for that too. There's other things that you could have done. They didn't have to be, you know, that didn't have to be Damien's story, no. but I think it fits with the way that he brings Damien in and tries to help him because of that responsibility and that responsibility to his friend turns into responsibility for the messes he's, that he's made. Absolutely. Which are two very good stories and very, and two very, two very real things that, that people in his position and, you know, and like in, and men and fathers deal with uh, in, in a lot of ways. So I think it's a good story in that regard too. Well, th- that, that also harkens back to what happens, what happened to Rocky and then the Apollo Creed fight is, that, I mean, everything stems from from the early Rocky films, anyway. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we might as well keep that motif going. And that's yeah. that 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 is. I mean, it's a theme that they've recycled again and again and again. But it's not a bad thing because it's always on theme. It's always mm-hmm. important. Yeah. Uh, some some things. What what? Do, why is it important? I'm I'm asking a question because I, from a writer's point of view, why do you guys think it's they 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 chose to give in the first Creed film Bianca the the hearing trouble? Why do you why do you suppose that they took the character in that direction? Because there's different struggles for people in in their spaces, and while you know Adonis is struggling with the, with with who he is compared to what made what makes him the man that he is and what who he was trying to become and accepting those struggles those things and then overcoming them, Bianca is someone who lives within her space, you know, is a is in love with music and a musician, 
but she has the struggle of what she's going through with knowing that she will never not always be able to do this. A boxer has a ticking has a ticking clock, and Damien talks about it where eventually your body will not be able to carry on with the thing you want to do that you feel like you're meant for. Yep. And Bianca has the same struggle just in a different space. Yep. And the thing with the, why I think they chose hearing loss is because hearing loss is one of the most common disabilities in the United States mm-hmm. that basically it's to the point where I don't want to sound ignorant here, but like most people don't even acknowledge hearing loss as like a, a real issue for people. Yep. And this kind of puts it in light. Like, you know, Grayson, I know you personally have mentioned that you struggle with your hearing sometimes, you know, is it, is it slowly as you get a little bit older, it gets worse and worse. And that's a real person with a real problem. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she is wearing her hearing aid to help, maintain it and to keep things as regular of a life as she can for each other uh, for herself and you know that a lot of that does come into fruition to creed 2 where their daughter is born with a full-on deafness yep. um but like i think that they they approach that because listen that is a very believable story yeah you know people are like oh okay you know that makes sense especially if you are an actual musician because listen loud music a long time will really affect your hearing Especially if it wasn't very good to begin with. Yeah. And and I think another reason why they chose that struggle and maybe on a simpler aspect is that it's a it's something that you can give an audience like a visual aid for how how big the struggle is, like where it's starting and where it's going for a good story for one of the characters throughout, you know, multiple movies. Absolutely. You can show that time has passed, you can show that things have changed they can progress yeah exactly so it helps tell multiple stories in a very subtle way that you don't have to write a whole bunch of you know extra things into the film to explain everything you can just go okay she's not saying anymore i know why because i've seen the first two movies and understand what this what no makes sense what has led to this yeah Yeah. well i guess my question for as my reason for asking that was because this we watch a lot of sequels but this is a sequel like mm-hmm. a lot of movies yeah. come out and this is a direct follow-up to Creed too. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the same. A lot of sequels aren't really, I mean, they're, they're only a sequel to the movie they came before well, by, by name. name, by name only. Yeah. And that's, you know, the, the, the very late, you get 90s, a lot in the superhero movies, the, which the, is where the, we get primary our sequels at this point. Yeah. The, the early two thousands, late nineties were really big infringers on this. They had, you know, a, a big, a big sequel came out. And the only thing that they may have mentioned one line in the beginning that linked the two movies. And there might've been one or two characters that had similar, that's it. I'm like, why'd you even, this doesn't even have a sequel, but it's, it's, I, I, I do appreciate when a movie does this, uh, especially the hearing loss. They acknowledge it quite a bit in the first one uh, mm-hmm. to show you the parallel of the struggle. And the second one, they bring it up again, uh, but they, they, they address it. They, they give it several minutes of screen time in every movie. And, and they almost, <sighs> she's almost taking the center. I mean, for, you know, this the boxing term. She almost takes center stage in this movie as much as Michael B. Jordan's character does, as far as sure. what she's dealing with, with her family at the time. If you remember mm-hmm. the second one, when she goes to see him in the first one, when she goes to see him fight, when everyone, like it shows us the several, several times when, when she's sitting there and like the sound just fades out in, in a, in a stadium of thousands of people screaming their heads off. She mm-hmm. only sees the fight, but it's that's kind of like the stylistic choice that um, that uh, Michael B. Jordan chose to portray the last fight in this movie is, you know, he he cut everyone out. You know that what's the what's the term from? Um, I thought about this when I watched this movie. What's the what's a for love of the game, Roger? What does he say? Clear uh, the mechanism. Yeah, clear the mechanism, and then all sound from the stadium fa- fades out, and it's just him and the batter. Just him and the catcher. Yeah, yeah, him and the catcher and batter. 
And that's I th- I always love it when they simplify down to one thing. Like well, they're not simplify, but they 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 visually show you what the boxer is thinking at the time. Well, at least what the the, the player is thinking at the time. And that's one thing I thought of too. But I, I I do appreciate how we're talking about sequels now, not just movies that share a name with another movie that come after the first one. But is it this one carries all the through lines through, all the threads go mm-hmm. through. Uh, one thing I did want to mention is. Uh, there is no Sylvester Stallone in this movie. There is no Rocky. There is not. And uh, we'll talk about that real quickly here. Um, no bad blood between him and Mike. Um, apparently, they're still homies. Um, Are you and Mike homies? Is that what you address First Mike? off, if anybody's here that's homies with Michael B. Jordan, you know it's me. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's just be honest. That's probably know, true. That's, that's just um, the beard. No, nah, it's true. Um, but... Like, you know, I guess they're still good friends, um, but Stallone didn't like the creative direction of how this movie was going. And apparently he's got an issue with uh, one of the old time, like long time producers of this. The and, producer of this. Yeah, yeah. And they basically said, hey, we don't need you. We don't want you. And, and he was like, cool. Deuces, bro. <laughs> now, listen, they it's not like they killed him off screen nope. or anything like that. He's still very much alive. And they absolutely talk about him a couple of times in this movie. They barely reference him too much, though. But I do believe if there is a Creed four, we will see Stallone again. For the unfortunate thing is, I think they'll end his character. Most likely. Um, just because, like, look, <laughs> as much as I love Rocky Balboa, and I do love the Rocky character, he's an old man. He is. So I, I, if, I, if they if they made a good story and they ended him, like, ended his character storyline, and it ended up with him passing away, I think, one... That would be a damn good storyline for Donnie, for Adonis Creed, mm-hmm. you know, and that whole family, you know, because yeah. like they love him. Mm-hmm. And I also think it brings back in other things from like, like his son and that sort of stuff. Yeah, I think that would be an interesting dynamic. Well, and like I, I mentioned earlier when we talked about this is is this him not having Rocky in this film also helps pull the idea that Adonis you know, isn't his own made man at this point. The fact that he's not here is, I think helps along the lines of, you know, he has been successful. He's had his whole career. He doesn't need Rocky. He's, he, he he's, doesn't have to have him as a yeah, crutch. He is a main man. He, he is, he is the made man at this point. He knows what he's doing. His career was his own. He didn't lean on Rocky the whole time. He mm-hmm. grew out of that because he is now the master of his craft yep. and that will pass on to the next. And he runs his gym now, that kind of thing. Well, and I I would have preferred he run we, a gym or does he sit in the office? Yes. He sits, he sits in the office. He sits <laughs> in the, but I mean, it's, I, I would have preferred is Sylvester was in this movie, maybe for like in the beginning telling like, maybe like he's when Adonis goes to him, he's like, you don't need me kid. You have it for some years now. I'm officially You're retired. Or something th- like but that. that's the thing is they have to bring him like they could have if they used the end of the last film and this one to close out Rocky story, which was a beautiful story. Let's talk about it for one second, because, I mean, again, I think the Creed 2 is a strong. I don't think any Creed movie is ever going to be as strong as Creed 2. If they make 10 more. Is never going to be as strong as the second Creed because of the Drago fight. Because of that would the, be awesome if they did. Because mm-hmm. of the four <laughs> pair. I mean, the multiple parallels of um, Ivan Drago and his son, you, of course. Uh, Rocky and then his, you know, kind of adoptive son Adonis, and then the whole Apollo thread that holds them together. Uh, it's beautiful, especially when you factor in the other side of the story, which is um, uh, Drago's side, which is the 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 woman that walked out in the family, and you know, and then he wanted to win so badly to show her she was wrong, and it, you know, it's always that too. Is it's so strong now? If they they could have closed him out because at the end of the first second film, you notice he did go see. 
his son, played by uh, Milo Ventimiglia, mm-hmm. and they're now reunited. They they have now have a relationship to yep. settle at least before at least before Rocky dies. And if you if you if if they bring Rocky back for a Creed four, which they have to, I mean, look. Stallone's like 136. He's got to. He's. It's got to be quick. He's still playing superheroes, man. He and about. and Rambo. There there might be another Rambo movie. Believe it or not, <laughs> he died, um, didn't he? No, he he. The, he? The, the the movie ended with him sitting on his front porch, uh, talking Fuck. about the beauty of things. Anyway, um, <laughs> there's uh there's a whole different. I I I once read like a motherfucker was 76 years he's old. He's still doing older action. than my dad. Jeez. Um. <laughs> So that's the thing is so in Creed 4 I would love it I would absolutely love it if by his bedside um Ivan Drago was there with him at his bedside as he died like can you imagine a more powerful way to 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 send off Rocky than you know his all-time most hated opponent now friend because Drago in this one they're friendly him and Adonis are friendly Adonis is him actually training Victor. him yeah him sorry and Victor I mean, you say friendly, but you know when someone says, "Hey, do you want to beat the shit out of the guy that beat you?" And you go, "No, yeah. they're, but they're on the same. They're, <laughs> they're seeing eye to eye now. That's that's know, that's the it. message know, to walk away from this movie. They 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 now see eye to eye, and Victor trusts. Well, I mean, eye to eye. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. I mean, like oh. eye to like mid chest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that's my next question. But give me, uh, so is there? A, I mean, can you imagine a better way to send off Rocky than than have Adonis by his side, uh, Adonis's daughter? Um, Bianca, uh, uh, Ivan, Ivan's son. Can you imagine a better way to send him off than that? I mean, I, I mean, I bet you his kid would like to be there. Yeah, oh, I mean, sorry. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yes, his his kid too. Obviously, I mean, sorry, I, I didn't mention that. It's the obvious way too, it, which you know, I don't know if that hurts or helps, but it, it, it's one of the ways that I could see it. Yeah, but I don't think that's what's important. You know, the I, I think that you know. Without having Rocky there, I don't think it hurts the movie. I think actually they found a way. You know, they used they used the situation in a better you know to better the film in some way because again, it helps define Adonis's character and about you know his career and where he's at now and where he got to. So I think it all works out. And the things that happen in this film now are you know I think were pretty damn good. I think it made sense for the story, and they found a way to make you know to make Damien a good villain and a good, you know, and, you know, like anti character to Adonis in such a good way that it, it, while he wasn't menacing, like a normal villain is, he was calculated and in calculated ways that, that like, you know, that the hero didn't see coming. And honestly, they were, they were subtle enough to where it worked and yep. it's all believable. None of, none of what happened in this film, you, you like you could roll your eyes at because it's just so out there. Even nope. the fact that he got a title shot with no record because because Adonis does the same thing and they they bring that up to where it's not out of the realm of possibilities. Yeah, did they did they take some big leaps to get there in the film? Yes, hundred percent. But it still happens and it's not completely unfathomable. And then everything else from there is much more believable and things you can see you know within that space and just the the characterization of damien's you know character i think is spot on and john you know what uh majors just does a fantastic job all the way through with it too he's just he's an asshole of a guy but in that subtle way and just he picks at people he does it with when he's in the scene with bianca when they talk at the at the label party and he's like you know so how's it feel someone else singing your song and it hurts her to hear that Mm -hmm. you know and it maybe might not be something that you know adonis asked her but 
you know, Damien does in the first chance to get to talk alone. It's you know, straight ha- blunt to the point. Yep. And it's, it, it's just these little picks and he does it to multiple people in this all the way through until the end when he's hot riding high and he's just digging into, into Adonis the whole time, like in the talk show, when he calls in, you know, all the, all the trash talk along the way, it's all digging at him and like, like digging against his character, which I think is a good way to portray your villain. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that, 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 that also, I think Taylor's too. I think what we're seeing is now strength of Jonathan Majors is mm-hmm. he's that he's never he doesn't want to be the he does. I don't think Majors wants to play the villain that's all brute and no brain. I think he wants to be the the cunning guy that's just kind of manipulating things until it's yep. time. Is Dame is not stupid. Well, no, Dame yeah. is not stupid, but we just saw that in Ant-Man, too. With the Michelle, yeah. Fre- opposite Michelle, the when he was having his his moments with the Michelle Pfeiffer character of, I she do totally didn't see it coming. I do feel like that both of his characters between Kang and now Damien do feel feel like they have like some like some similar beats, right? Where they're kind of like this this bottled up you know like rage filled canister that just comes out at certain points. So it thinks I they're do owed something from 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 people in their past. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. it's a very similar character. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this one, uh, Dame is far and away better than Kang as far as you want to break break character down. But eh, it's, I don't know. I I would imagine you'd have a hard time with the other side. We're of the gonna argument. get to see a lot more of Kang to hash yeah, out. Yeah, we'll, we'll see sure. Okay, that. fine. You're, but you're you're uh, you're Marvel haters here's, showing. Here's, okay, down. here's the question. We're we're gonna we're gonna start to um get close to winding it up. But here's the question, and this might be a little spoilery. Now, would it have been more fitting if Dame dies in the end? Or less fitting, or do you think it's fine the way it is? I don't. I think it's fine the way that it is. To answer that, to put the answer there, I agree with that. I don't think that it's a good story that another boxer dies in the ring, though. I don't no, think, you know, I don't think you want that. I don't think. I don't think you need that story chip to be on Adonis's shoulder as you try to close out his character. You don't want anything like that to be like kind of like uh, like as Apollo over top of that character that you know he that you know, Damien dies in the ring or something. I don't think you want that for the story and where that hurts Donnie more than it builds the story. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I, I, that's what I was wondering. I I didn't think so either, but someone had mentioned to me that they would have thought it'd be more powerful if he died. I hadn't, I didn't considered it because it didn't make sense because it wasn't Drago and it wasn't Rocky. So it didn't make sense to me that Dame dying in the ring doesn't make sense. That's one of those things that, that to me, I feel like that's like an eye rolly moment. A cliche, like a heavy cliche moment that that doesn't help your film. There are cliches all over this. It's a rocky, it's a rocky slash Creed film, right? There's cliches all over this, but none of them are the eye rolly ones that hurt the film. They all just make sense to you know for being in your boxing movie. Whereas something like that, it's like, oh, okay, so you know, I don't think they need anyone else dying in the ring and connected to any of these and any of this newer age boxing stuff. Fair. And one one thing I think, Roger, you kind of covered it in a funny way, but I, I was going to I don't know how difficult it is to get to put yourself on the to get yourself on these fights. But I would imagine there's years of wait time and wait your chance, kid. Keep fighting until well, he the, this movie makes it look kind of simplified if you manipulate a little bit. So, OK, that is the only real issue I have with anything in this movie. OK, um, I, I have a way that they could have worked around it, but. For him to come in and demand a title shot, okay, sure, I get it. And how they work somehow promotion. I wouldn't have had a problem with him fighting Felix, okay? Mm-hmm. 
I have a problem with him having a title shot to fight Felix. Yeah, yeah. Right. More, like of, an that, exhi- more of an exhibition match. Well, yeah, I mean, look, because, I mean, listen, there are non-title fights that happen all the time. Now, generally, when a guy holds a title, all of his fights are title fights. Mm-hmm. But, listen, you want a payday, you take the fight. Because yeah. that's how they portray this. Um, I want to talk about boxing, the boxing styles in general in this movie for just a second. I'll come back to Damien mm-hmm. and everything. So, the one thing with in the Creed series that we never really got besides a little bit in Rocky three and four is the boxing styles that they choose. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So Damien's boxing style is different than anybody's boxing style. We have seen on the entire Rocky Creed franchise. He's, like, he's shotgun. He, uh, he's it's, it's, it's called shotgun or it's called cannon yep. Yep. where he's, he's very closed up and then he just, yep. he, he unleashes, he blocks his body differently and everything, mm-hmm. which is a difficult, no, sorry, it is different to fight people like that, mm-hmm. which is why Felix it throws people off. That's why Felix struggles with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's why Donnie isn't stupid mm-hmm. <laughs> and actually must pay attention to things. <laughs> and learn. It's his old age. Well, yeah, sure. His advanced age of yeah. 36. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the way that they portray him on screen doing it, like it looks so natural. Mm-hmm. It looks like Jonathan Major really put his really put the effort into learning how to make it look realistic. Mm-hmm. Now, listen, I know boxing and fight choreography is a lot more, it's going to come a long way yeah. from what we've seen in past years. But I, I really wanted to touch on that because when he fights Felix and when he fights Donnie, his style changes is stays the same, but changes just subtly based off how he's got to react to it. Mm-hmm. I think that that's interesting that he's able to do something like that. Yeah. Now the fight between um, Dame and Felix. Okay. Is pretty much a brawl. Yes. All right. So Damien is towing the line of illegal, you know, much so he gets docked points. Yep. Um, he does it kind of in the Donnie fight, but he doesn't really cross the line. Yeah. I thought that that was an interesting thing that they had him like basically cross the line and clip Felix with an elbow mm-hmm. because I think legitimately with an elbow that gave that much damage, I think they probably would have stopped that fight. Well, they mentioned that it wasn't uh, it wasn't above the eye and it was below the eye, which which if if anything that you do that you've done illegally causes something that would actually like like physical irreparable damage. Yeah. yeah. Well, irreparable damage and would so like a cut above the eye messes with visibility. Yeah. Then unsafe. That that's DQ's below the eye. It's it's shitty and it's not good. And he gets that one that one and final warning for that at yeah. that point. Elbows happen on purpose and on accident. Boxing. Blah blah blah. The the things that he's doing, like you said, it's like it's 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 walking that nice edge of you know of fighting dirty and mm-hmm. fighting clean, and it just seems to fit. Damien, it, just, though, it right? does. Like I think it. I honestly think his fight style is good character development. Yeah. And the only other thing I want to talk about with the Felix fight is the fact that the way um, Don or Dame punches when he punches him in the joints, mm-hmm. when he punches him in the shoulder, which is completely legal to do. Yep. It's just unorthodox. Mm-hmm. Felix isn't ready for stuff like that. No. And then like when he when he punches him directly in the bicep. Like, look, you ever been punched in the bicep? That shit sucks. <laughs> All right. So yeah. could you imagine, you know, full on because listen, you know, they don't really talk about how strong Dame is here. But Dame you can tell like he weighs 230 pounds of ripped muscle. <laughs> He's a monster. You would not want that animal to punch you anywhere, <laughs> let alone in a place like your shoulder joint mm-hmm. or up under your shoulder, which yep. is also not illegal, mm-hmm. not really okay, yeah. <laughs> but like toes that line. 
And I'm surprised, though, that they didn't do a little bit more of that in his fight with Donnie. I agree with that. And I think and I think the reason why is, A, I think he cleaned up. The, I think Damien wants to fight and beat Donnie one on one. Straight up. So I thought about it. In a that. straight up way, though, because, you know, he believes that that Adonis is living his life. So he wants to beat this guy, you know, by equal terms, equal rules. I am the better fighter. I'm going to prove that, that this was meant for me, not for you. I think that's what I think that's kind of what influences that. And maybe there's there's a cut or a world where in the writing, like they get into that a little bit, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think they needed to. It's mentioning the fights. I feel like the Felix fight is the best fight in this film. Probably is. I think I I think the second fight we see between you know which is the Damian Felix fight. I I was more. I had a better time with that fight. I thought it was more exciting. I love the fact that, like you said, him zeroing on like the weak spot kind of thing, which again is, is very anime style, you know, and and it's like its creation. I think that fight was better and more entertaining and just a, a better production. The last one, the last fight is very. It, it's also very good, but it's heavily stylized. Yes, uh, and there's less fighting. There is more stylization. There is for better or for worse. Yeah, and it's heavy. Do I think it was the best call? I don't think so. I think I think having a second fight close to the style of the of the second one that we got, I think would have been fine. However, I see what they were doing. Again, like you get the isolation of the two of the two guys. That's all that matters is just them in the ring with that slowdown and pulling the sound away and all that stuff. I get that. The cage feeling like you're locked in there with with you know with with your fate and with what you've created. I like you know all the little picks that it works. Well, well that symbolized the. And I think what worked best in that last fight is the passage of time. You know, you go from round three. We skip seven, to round, seven and a half yeah, rounds. Yeah, basically. you go from round three to round 12. But it was, I think what it did there was it highlighted all the major points of the fight. Because you get a lot of like, a lot of big moments really quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think it's showing you like, you know, these are all the big things in the struggle. And then at the end, here we go. And I think that that vessel of getting us there, instead of just doing some a whole bunch of just you know like like random cuts to like you know some hits in the ring and then them in their corner, them in the ring, them in the corner. I think that actually was a different way to do it that's never been done before. So I appreciated it at least. Mm-hmm. Was it the best choice? Probably not, but I don't think it hurt the film as much as some of the criticisms I've seen of of that fight so okay. far. Um, one last thing I want to talk about with the fighting is something that I don't know if I would have changed it. I think I I. I don't think they brought it in quite enough. So Donnie throughout all three Creed movies is a talker mm-hmm. when he fights, which is completely legal. Yeah. You're allowed to do that. You're allowed to shit talk your opponent. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm kind of surprised towards the end of this movie that Donnie wasn't talking a little bit of smack to him. No. Yeah. Well, cause like, look, so first off, I have a hard time believing that Dame's going 12 rounds. Okay. Just the way his fighting style is, like because because he's not in good shape. Is that why? Because <laughs> clearly he's let himself go. <laughs> <laughs> but because of you know he's he's a heavy shot guy, mm-hmm. throwing a lot of power. I mean, Chris, you're a boxer. Can you throw power punches every time? No, no, God, no. Right. <laughs> and no. for somebody who doesn't have the career to that point, I have a hard time believing he would have the cardio to go twelve rounds. Yeah. Okay. I will look over that for a second. I legitimately think they should have had Donnie bring something like that up. Be like, you ain't never been to the 12th round before. Yeah. You know, like I'm the champ. Like I, I, I would have enjoyed him shit talking and be like, we're in the 12th. This is my round. Mm -hmm. This is where we end this now. I I think that would have fit 
you know, with everything and have him still end the, you know, end it the way that it ended. I think it would have put a little bit more like, I'm a dude. Yeah. Like, this is mine. <laughs> you wanted this. Yeah, Here it is. This is, yeah. You brought this upon yourself sort of moment. And I think that still would have fit the tone of this movie. Maybe. But at the same time, I think it, I think it falls back on the seriousness of, of Donnie was that, again, that feeling of responsibility for the whole thing that was happening. Well, so, okay, I, I, I see your point on that. But, you know, so they still could have that moment in the locker oh, yeah. room and oh, yeah. be like, hey, man, I never wanted it to be this way. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, listen, the one, the one real thing about this movie, when they have their final talk with each other in the locker room, like, that's very good. It is. It's very, very good. Mm-hmm. And I still think Donnie could have just been a little bit more Donnie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, honestly, and be like, hey, man, yeah. we could have been we could have been great together and stay the fuck away from my family. Yeah. Yeah. But they almost leave that. They almost leave it kind of unresolved in a way where like, you know, yeah, they they had their talk in the locker room mm-hmm. and it kind of like it, and then it goes away from there to highlight the family aspect mm-hmm. of it, which is what Rocky's always been about. Yep. Um, but I, I almost feel like that that's still in play in a way that for them to kind of work together now, you know, the, the scales have been reset at this point. Yep. So I, I don't know where that, if that, if they've closed the door on that, but I, I hear what you're saying. I do like their talk. I feel like that. I almost feel like this movie got from conflict to resolution very fast and almost in, in an unfinished way is, is my other criticism of the movie. And it's because they, they, they spend the time building this whole world up, and this whole film up to like these like this fight at the end, they take their time with it, and you know for better or for worse. But like all of a sudden, we're like you know things happen, which puts everything else into motion, and then we're here at the then end. Then we're in a fight, and then the movie ends. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's very quick. The, the second half of the movie goes very quickly. It does. Now listen, that's not a bad thing. Like no. listen, I've talked about pacing in movies forever. About yeah. sometimes it sucks. The movie, the second half of this movie, runs at an incredible rate. It does. It doesn't really feel like it lets anything down. Mm-hmm. It's nice to not have a movie drag. You yeah. know, that's kind of oh, yeah. cool. But it does, it, things go from like point A to point B to point C. Boom, mm-hmm. boom, 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 boom. Yeah. So. But um, I feel like Michael B. Jordan thought the, the beginning, taking the time that it did, was so important to the family aspect of it. Sure. Which is which is where the movie, if anything, gets bogged down in the beginning as taking longer than it needs to. But I think this point in Adonis's career that that also that shift is also or the the focus is also shifted a little bit to how he thinks too. So mm-hmm. I, I think as slow as it was, it was also necessary. Unfortunately. So I think it's about time we wrap this up. But I do want to bring up one last point of this movie, and I want to talk about the daughter for a second. Yeah, dude, she's going to be a star. Oh yeah, 100%. that little kid is going to be. Big time. Yep. And I, I'm excited to see when down the road, if they end up, you know, pulling her into the into the Creed slash Rocky universe and having something centered around her involving her. I'm all for that. It, it, it seems like a good building block to the next chapter, whatever they're going to do. It'd be an interesting mm-hmm. change of pace. In my opinion. Anyway. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm here for that. Like, I think that would be excellent. Yeah, so. uh, Grayson, are you are you against deaf kids and their success within the acting space? Uh, I am not. If you were to okay, that way, that's good. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's necessary. We go another generation. We've already gone second generation from Rocky. I don't know if we need to go to third generation beyond Rocky, though. That's the thing. I don't understand. I, I don't think we need to look. If if I, I will certainly be intrigued if it does happen, and I will I will certainly be there to watch it. I just don't think we need it. I think you know, Kugler for all his efforts, uh, having directed the first one, and and I need to retract. I, I last couple of weeks talking about Creed three as a build up. I I, I also said that he made. 
So that's my mistake. I thought he made the second one. He didn't. He did not direct. He was just heavy producer and story. He was a producer, yep. Uh, architect of the story. But I think Kugler's uh, assets will be better spent somewhere else. Uh, maybe giving us other great properties like Creed. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, I don't... In 10 years, maybe, but it won't be the same girl who does it if they do bring Well, it I mean, uh, maybe. We don't know that for sure. But it, here's the thing. I... I, I and I, I mentioned this to you earlier when we talked about it a little bit beforehand, is we didn't need Creed. You know, we didn't need, you know, the first Creed movie. It wasn't something that... No, we the needed. Rocky universe was closed. Yeah, that we had to happen. Balboa, I think, was a great ending to, you know, what, you know, the, a good ending to, to that story that we got that we didn't deserve either. Well, we'll see why Creed worked so well is because it just... It, it was so much part of the original Rocky back the first two movies that... It was a good entry point to another trilogy that we, I mean, that was equally strong all the way through. And, that, and that's important, though. I mean, yeah. we didn't, there, I mean, we're going to see a whole lot of 30 years later stuff in the next 10 years that, you know, pick up story threads we thought were absolutely dead and never would have mm-hmm. thought of again. But I mean, I, it, but it could have, I mean, if Creed hadn't come out, would anyone be clamoring? I mean, no one was like, God, we need to see what happened to. Apollo Creed's son. We have to see what happened no, to him. But again, I think I think it's it's a fair thing to say. We didn't need Creed, but we got it, and, and we got some good I'm stuff. I'm glad from we it. got it. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm that worried that Link is going to be gone, though. That's the problem. <laughs> what made Creed so good is 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 a strong Link. All the parallels that they could have drawn, uh, you lose that once if you go another trilogy later. My theory is just make another good movie. And one thing I do want to talk about is in respect to Creed two and Creed three is mm-hmm. how much bigger. They made uh, the protagonist look than than Donnie, and how much of a good you know? They you mean the antagonist? Sorry, sorry, the antagonist yeah. to okay. to Donnie, and and how they 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 tap into that primal David versus Goliath uh, story. You know, one of the early Telling story threads that we had. No yeah. world that he would ever be fighting Victor Drago. No, who knows? Well, yeah. I mean, the, like the one slight against Creed two that I have is I don't think Adonis would have beat him. The only reason he beat him I, because the script needed him to. I don't think he would have. That I guy mean, would have crushed can, him. You can say that, but well, again, though, it circles back to what I said about him fighting um, Dame. Mm-hmm. The longer that fight goes on, the higher Donnie's chances go. Yeah, because big man's going to run out of steam. Yeah, as someone who's watched a good bit of boxing, like when you watch a heavyweight fight, or you watch like <laughs> they're uh, usually not very long, or you watch a featherweight fight, like there's they're very different fights because those heavyweight guys after like round f- three or four. There's a few punches thrown and they're hugging. They're, they're, and a few punches grappling. thrown and they're hugging because they're so damn tired. Whereas a featherweight fight, <laughs> hundred miles an hour, them baby. dudes, like it's an average like hundred punches thrown per round all the way through bell to bell, baby. Yeah, so like it's it's they're, they're two very different you know things. There's a reason why we have the weight classes we do. Um, now you can't say that he wouldn't have won against Strago. I mean, yeah, the guy's massive. He's he would have lit- struggled. He's a literal home, you know, walking around, <laughs> but you know. It, there's always that chance, which is, you know, which is like, you know, the David and Goliath, you know, story. You, you have to take that chance and you lose every fight you don't take. You know, you so I like that story there. And again, here it's, you know, yeah, the character of Damien is huge compared to, to, to Adonis. Well, he's not as big as Drago. No, he's not. <laughs> but he's still massively larger than this man. And yeah, it's it, it it's. One of those things where it, it's an uphill battle, which is what you always want for your hero to have. It's never supposed you never want to have the easy that easy. Oh, of course fight. not. Of course not. It's got to be a struggle, and that's just yeah. one of the pieces of this of that struggle puzzle. It, there's so many, so much more. I mean, in Creed three to, but we should move to wrapping it up. I mean, the the, the mother 
passing was was oh, pretty yeah. was yeah. was pretty key. The fact that she saw Apollo and not Adonis for a second that's also that's a that's a that's a reward to people who have been falling at this whole time. Like that's yeah. a that's a they're completely closing threads. Is why I don't think we're going to see any more of this. Um, I I, th- I think the choices that, that that they made of the little girl being in the ring at the end, you know, bouncing around like she's one day going to be a champion, is just the same reason we started out the movie with the, with the family aspect because that's important to Adonis right now is the family aspect. That's where he's going to be for the rest of his days is Family Guy, no longer the boxer. Yep. So, so let's 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 move to score. And just as of moving into it, I want to ask you guys: What would you have given Creed and Creed two? I think we scored Creed too on this podcast. I don't remember, I don't remember what we did, and I tried to go so, back. So I'll go first. Actually, how about I'll just do all three? Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. That's okay. So I would have uh, I would have put Creed one about an eight, mm-hmm. uh, Creed two probably eight and a half, and I'll do Creed three at about a seven and a half. Okay. Um, I think all three of them, none of them are too far apart from each other overall. I still think Creed two is the stronger story. Now, listen, I very much enjoyed the debut of Michael B. Jordan as a director. I think it's interesting, and I'll be. You know, obviously he's he's a big star. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we'll get more of his kind of stuff. And I would like to see which direction he takes future movies and not mm-hmm. just Creed related ones, of course, like I said previously. I hope people keep giving him chances. So. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. Yeah. I think he's probably earned that. Now, listen, if this is the end of the Creed storyline, and I don't believe that it is, but if it is, it's a fitting end. Yeah. Right. It wraps up most of the main story plots. It sets a good groundwork if there is ever a fourth. Um, I enjoyed this movie very much. Um, I saw it in a fairly full theater on a mm-hmm. Saturday night. It was yep. nice. Yeah. And I do want to comment one thing real quick. Is there were a lot of people in my theater, and there was a lot of younger people, and they were dead fucking silent yeah. during the entire movie. Yep. And I was like, thank Christ. Yep, my experience <laughs> was, was very much the same. Yep. Yeah, I actually avoided the mall theater and went to the like the one that's part of the plaza because I looked at my wife. I was like, there's there's less ki- there's less chance of kids at, at the other theater because there's no mall attached to it. So good call. So, um, I'll score I'll score the same way you did. Uh, I think the I think Creed is a seven and a half for me. Okay. I think Creed two is an eight is what I would have scored it after just watching them again, and then this one is a seven. Okay. I think this is the weakest of the three. I however I do I do not think it's much behind its other two and. Like we said earlier, I think Creed 2 is the best movie in this franchise by far. Uh, I like this movie a lot. I think the character development is done pretty well. I love the the back and forth between Damien and Donnie. I think it works really well here. And I love I love seeing the character arc of both of these guys as, you know, the high point of the end fight happened. So I think the story to it that led to the last fight was better than the actual closeout of that fight. And I think that's what kind of takes it down a little bit for me and puts it at a seven. Uh, I'll, I'll go. And what you said about your theater being my, the theater I watched in was sold out except for the woman, two seats to my right. There was a guy between us and she thought it was appropriate the entire time, even during some of those very quiet moments. And I can remember this because it was during the moment between Adonis and his dying mom. She was, she was getting her hands in a bag of candy that it was the loudest thing I swear to God, they heard that six auditoriums away. It was so loud, and she didn't stop. People kept looking at her, and she didn't stop. She had no shame, that woman. But um, I, I would, I would give the first Creed an eight. I would give Creed two a nine, and I would give Creed three a seven and a half. All right. I think Creed two is. I always talk about where movies that land, and then where they should land is like the 
I thought they handled the 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 reunion of Ivan Drago and Rocky, and then the fight between their 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 two proteges. I think they handled that probably the best it could have been handled. I thought that movie was, at times, some of those scenes are as masterfully crafted as they could have been. Not the whole movie, but some of those scenes where I think were as good as they could have been in any universe. So that's where I put uh, Creed, Creed Two, and Creed Three. But overall, it, it's a very strong showing for yeah. for this trilogy, which we don't often get to say for an entire trilogy. There aren't True. too many that that make that strong of a showing. I wouldn't even. The Godfather do, doesn't even have that strong of a showing because The Godfather three takes it down so much the average falls dips below seven and a half or an eight, and that's three, a shame. Godfather three never happened. Yeah, exactly. Thank it's you, Chris, for that. All right, gentlemen, we have rang. Thank you for all listeners. We ran a little long in the tooth, but this was a good one to talk about. This has mm-hmm. been episode three hundred and twenty one A of For the Love of Cinema, a movie podcast. Hey. Thank you. Each new episode posts every Tuesday and Friday at 5 a.m. on the podcast service of your choice of the following five. Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two, rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. More importantly, thank you for listening. Check out the show on Twitter, at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell One. I am at Rod Stillian. And I am Christopher Bond. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook. We're always posting things on Twitter and Facebook, all the social media. Check us out on YouTube. Send us an email to For the Love of Cinema Podcast at Gmail. Dot com next week we're taking a look at scream six and the finale and we're going to talk about the whole season one of the last of us scrim scrim last of us